Hey, how's it going, Litecoin Underground fam? Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've gotten something out to you. I apologize for the delay. Um, been busy on my end. I know why Litecoin's been busy. And, you know, frankly, right now, it's holiday time. I'm traveling. Uh, I'm coaching a sport for my daughter, and it's just been kind of hectic. And this has fallen to maybe third on the list instead of second or first as it was before. So trying to keep up with the content. And one thing we have been keeping up with every week is our Twitter spaces at 9 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S. on uh, Twitter. If you follow us there on Litecoin Underground, we're doing these Twitter spaces. And, and I know not everybody can make them. You know, one thing I found is I did a short one during the more during the day, and I got some people in from Europe and England. And, and I know nine at night here in the U.S. is, you know, middle of the night for them. So they appreciated the ability to to chime in and and get to listen so i think we'll probably maybe throw some alternative times in here and there maybe additional times uh but for now like i think that's um i've been enjoying that nine o'clock wednesday hour um we're getting some kind of regular visitors and it's been a lot of fun so anyway without further ado what i'm going to do is i'm putting up a couple of these today uh this podcast or this Twitter spaces was on November 17th and we had Johnny Litecoin had reached out to me and just kind of casually said, Hey, I just want to talk about wallets and, and, uh, mobile wallets. And that's something for me that's never been, I don't know, never been top of mind. I'm a Litecoiner and I use light wallet, but I know there's a lot of people that hold other assets. And so I didn't want this to be, um, you know, restrictive or anything that, hey, I'm not a Litecoin only guy. I'm a I'm pro decentralization. And I think that it's important that we try to learn about other things. So um, yeah, in this episode, we talk a little bit like mobile wallets with Johnny Litecoin. We get into a little bit of a mining discussion, which I think is interesting. Um, it's not super in depth. Uh, but from our first episode, the Bitcoin maximalism fallacy, we talked a little bit about mining and there was some that kind of reached out. I think I address him samson it's not the samson but uh he had just kind of asked some questions and and it was a good discussion it brought up some good conversation about mining and where do we stand today and you know kind of where the kind of what the role mining plays a little bit sometimes it's confusing um so like i said we reviewed we also just talked about the maximalism what we call the maximalism fallacy and the realist realism of how far are we going to see into the future uh, with just one chain. And um, I know that it's not always everybody in the maximalism camp is going to be uh, 100% Bitcoin. They're not all of the same, cut from the same cloth. And it is just probably a small faction of people you see on on Twitter that, that cause all the noise, right? And then, uh, yeah, we even got, had a little bit on there, a little bit of talk about GetHedgeIO. Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to say to you. Um, the Litecoin Foundation has been really cool from the beginning. I mean, I think uh, we're pretty blessed with a an entity that, while they're leading the charge, they very much listen to the community. They're doing everything on a on a budget that is funded by, you know, frankly, donations. And Charlie Lee matches donations. He's so nice to do that. And another thing that they can get some funding from is at their Litecoin shop. So they had 
you know, they'd asked me to mention this in Twitter spaces and, and I'd forgotten. I really do want to make sure that we're always supporting the Litecoin Foundation. I would, I would view them as, hey, they're the, they're the ones out there um, putting in the work for the development. They're making the deals with the banks. They're making sure that we're listening to all the exchanges and that we're following all the rules. Litecoin's always doing the right things. And um, I, I really can't tell you <laughs> that there's anything that I ever comes out of there that I'm disappointed in. So a great way to support them is to go on to Litecoin Foundation's website. They have a shop. They've got tons of very high quality shirts and stickers. They've got some cool uh, storage options too, like cold cold wallets. Um, and one that I hadn't even seen, I want to ask them about is that it's like a hot wallet looking thing, some sort of digital device that you can uh, store some coins on and carry around with you that's not connected to your phone, which was kind of cool. So uh, they open dimes on there. They've got mugs, they've got hats, t-shirts, all that type of stuff. So it's Christmas season, buy some stuff for some people. I think there might even be a discount code. Um, I'll find out. Maybe they'll even kind of re uh, reignite it if we ask them to. They did something for Black Friday. So either way, it's a good place to put your money. It's needed. Uh, if you can, if you're going to make a lot of money this year in crypto, um, donate some money to the Litecoin Foundation. Uh, it might be a great way to write off something off your taxes. They're doing the work that needs to be done to promote this decentralized world. So without further ado, we'll do the Litecoin spaces here, or the Twitter spaces of the Litecoin Underground from November 17th. And uh, you guys have a good week. Enjoy. All right, sorry if that was too loud. Unless you guys want to keep listening to it. <laughs> All right. Does anybody want to come up and uh, talk? I'll get you up here, yeah. I may even have you co-host uh, White Light Coin, if that's all right. All right, you're jumping right on, looking to Litecoin. Coming out of the gate, what do you got? What's up, guys? This is Master. How's it going? Oh, you know, <laughs> I'm starting to come to a realization. You may be uh, huh? more involved in everything than we all know. You think so, huh? <laughs> yeah. Are you Are you really Charlie Lee? Do I sound like Charlie? <laughs> it could all be an act. I don't know. Well, I got four kids, and I'm cleaning up the kitchen right now, so I don't think I'm Charlie. I don't. Does Charlie have a family? I don't even know. Does anybody know? He doesn't. No. Uh-uh. I don't know. It's never. I never knew. He never talks about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's. I think he's single, and I'm. I know he doesn't have any kids. Yeah. Well, that's why he's. Well, he's traveling the world. Well, that's why he's got a baby with Litecoin, right? So. <laughs> I mean, he can literally spend all of his time on it. 
I was trying to come up with a really strange analogy today about how Satoshi is like, you know, he's the dad that abandoned his family. <laughs> and Charlie, Charlie set yeah. us free. He didn't, he didn't uh, baby us. He didn't abandon us, but he, he's making us do all the work. We're like his children. He's not, he's not going to do the work for us. That's true. So, I don't know what well, the analogy is it, there. It could, that's a good analogy, but you know, there's a lot of people, even including myself, that think Adam Back is Satoshi. And so Adam Back runs Blockstream. Right? That's so. true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have a, that'd be an interesting speculation. What makes you say you think it's Adam Back? I know I've seen some videos about it, but what's. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, those videos. Uh, plus, you got Samson Mao and even Charlie have kind of hinted that they think it's Adam Back. So. What about the whole, you know, Gavin Andreessen thinking it was Craig Wright and that Craig Wright actually did send him coins, showed him the wallet or whatever? Like, (laughs) yeah. Did you hear about that? I I did, but I I don't think it was actually, he really sent, I don't think he actually could verify those, those, um, the hash or the transactions. So I think he basically kind of spoofed it, right? And I have, yeah, I have no idea because that guy kind of fell off the face of the earth. You know, the, I mean, yeah, I don't know, get right into it. I mean, the, the Black Wars were really weird to me because I was pretty new at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I, I guess I can, I can still see both sides of it. And it was weird to me that it got to be so, uh, so divisive. And it just yeah. like, like literally like excommunicated half these people from the, bitcoin world when it was like man they were such prominent figures in it before them and that might be the beginning of like that toxicity where it was you know all of a sudden you if you question the mainstream idea boy you're not gonna last very long (laughs) you know yeah 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 that's probably when it did start they you know bitcoiners probably felt like they had to protect you know, the main chain. Um, but in hindsight, when it forked, right. Uh, if you held, if you held Bitcoin at the time, you actually got both chains. Right. So I don't see why it was so divisive because whichever chain ended up being the longest and the ones that people supported ended up winning. But yeah, I could see why people, I mean, you got to kind of protect what you believe. The name thing. I think if he had, if they decided to change, if they hadn't dug their heels in on the name, sure, I think that might have helped. Even if you had called, you know, maybe just don't lead with Bitcoin, don't take the name, don't take the website, whatever he did. That was probably the part that where Roger failed. But who knows? You know, I'm a believer that there's gonna, we're all gonna survive this. So, in the long run. The more that survive, I think, the better for everybody. But actually, I actually have a friend who's a big decasher, and he's he was sending me stuff just tonight out of the blue. He starts sending me stuff about all this development going on. I'm like, aren't you worried that your hash rate's like less yeah. than one percent of the Bitcoin hash rate right now? Like, it's it's pretty extreme. And I didn't realize it was that bad. It used to be like maybe mm-hmm. ten to one or something. I think it was like ten, really yeah, ten percent. So I don't know. Is that are they going to go to like Bitcoin S V 
Are you who's Kyle? You're are you a miner, Kyle? Or are you just a node operator? You're listening. If you can chime in. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind. Years ago I did. <laughs> but not not in the past several years, so no, I cannot claim that. Just setting up a node. Yeah, I did. Like I said, I mined a few years ago. I I literally bought them in 2018, like took some of my gains, turned them into miners. They went down about 90% value, but fortunately, <laughs> I waited until the next bull run to sell them. So I was like Doge was good. Doge was a good thing for selling mining equipment. Yeah, mining was kind of my great lesson. It was it was one of the things where, you know, back in probably, I think it was 2013 was, um, and I had known about Litecoin uh, for a little bit, I think in 2012. Um, but it's kind of my great lesson because, you know, I had a guy I knew building what he called a prospector miner, and it was like $400. And I'm like, no, I don't know if I have the money. It doesn't justify the electricity. And he totally agreed with me because that was kind of the way it was, you know, the, the, that many years ago. And now it's like, well, that would have been quite a difference. But anyway, no, I never significantly mined any Litecoin. Sad, but I'm okay with it. I'm in now, and that's all that matters. Right. Yeah, it's a good – It's you learn – that's always my thought is when something fails or you lose a little money on it. It's like, you know what, as long as I can learn something from it, then I'll be all right. You know, <laughs> you do, you learn a lot mining. You, you got to understand how it, or to a degree how it all works, but well, all right. We, I, yeah, I'm sure we'll fill in here. Um, actually I should share this. I don't know if I've shared this space. Hold on. But, um, yeah, I had some things I want, I, you know, every week I just try to pick up some ideas to cover. Um, you know, no, Johnny Litecoin had mentioned yesterday, if he comes in, he wants to talk about mobile wallets. I personally, if you guys know, I don't, I don't quite get why there's so many, like, I don't know what's in it for the wallet makers. Uh, what are the different features? Why would I want one or the other? I just use light wallet. I don't know if you guys do the same, but I mean, I use my exchange wallets here and there, but as far as a personal software wallet or soft wallet it's just on my just light wallet so maybe he's got some he's always got something working uh and then yeah mweb i want to see if you guys had any feedback from that uh on chain stuff on chain metrics the fact that nobody's using bitcoin right now what you guys think of that and then uh i don't know nodes omnilight but whatever you guys want to talk about, I don't have anything big to, to come out with out of the gate. So I'd let you guys bring stuff up. Kyle, what were you going to talk about? Nodes, right? Yeah, I mean, I can. I'm not any sort of expert on it. I've just been kind of tinkering with it for a while. And unfortunately, I was bumping around in terms of my living situation um, in temporary kind of extended stays. So I didn't have any real permanence until now. So now I'm able to like, like kick things in and but they're running. They're going to sink for a long time. But uh, I do have a Litecoin one uh, operating now. And there was a kind of a holdup I had because it was just perpetually not sinking, even though I call peers and it, it ended up being a little thing had to do with Tor. So I just had to turn that off inside of the uh, 
It's called Raspberry Blitz, and you can run it on a Raspberry Pi. Um, and now it's why do, it's, why do you, is that like working. does that use it less power or something, or just the fact it doesn't sit on your desktop? Is that the I think yeah, I just wanted a standalone thing. Um, it seemed to be a pretty inexpensive way to do it. I mean, you can buy kind of like. I mean, yeah, I have a desktop computer and a laptop and all that stuff. I just wanted a designated machine that will never stop and just be dedicated to that. So that's the reason I do it. It's pretty inexpensive, um, not hard to set up. I'm just, again, kind of working through it because uh, I don't have all like the shortcuts and the command lines memorized. But, you know, trial and error, you get to learn them. And so there's, other, there's not other like folks have been, been there's no like operating system to it. Well, it, so the actual machine or if I, I think the word hardware would be appropriate, would be just the Raspberry Pi 3, which you can get on Amazon. I actually have been populating, I kind of repinned my node thing to my personal profile and I just dumped a bunch of links in there. Um, so it's basically, you buy that machine, it should basically cost you just that alone without the memory, it's under a hundred bucks, but then you gotta buy like a micro SD card, which is basically the memory. And then you'll you'll uh, buy a little um, flash drive for the for the blockchain to be stored on. Um, so there's a few different pieces to it, but it, it's pretty simple, and uh, it'll just run twenty four seven. And it'll... you could take, you could even take like an old like as a substitute, just an old laptop. Yeah, yeah, just I imagine you could. Somewhere. I just you could. It's just the video I used it was specific to this because the Raspberry Blitz like program uh, was written for Raspberry Pi, which is why I wanted to set it up based upon the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, you could use a computer to do the same thing. I haven't done that, so I can't really speak to that, but building a little mini dedicated computer and putting the Raspberry Blitz on it, you basically flash it onto a little like micro SD and plug it in with the memory and just you know, fire it on. And then you have to just walk through how to work it, which I'm still trying to do that. But the user interface kind of reminds you of Windows 3.1 or something, kind of like command line in your Windows system. So it's primitive, but I mean, it does have a user interface that once everything's synced, I'll be able to use a little bit more and set up channels and test a Litecoin lightning payment and all that fun stuff. But I haven't gotten there yet, but it's actually syncing successfully. So it does work. Um, and that was my biggest hang up. And um, two folks actually last night helped me out uh, with that. One of them being Litecoin Elvis. So, gotcha. yeah, so did, we, we did, help each other in the Litecoin fandom. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> well, if you looked at mine last night, I just did a quick video just to like, because I think, again, people think, oh, I got to set up a node. Like they think there's some sort of like you're talking about. I got to go get a separate piece of hardware and I got to know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know if you saw on my on this channel or on a. This page last night, I put up uh, just a quick video of just going to the Litecoin Foundation, drop it down, you know, yeah. going to the learn part, and then uh, linking up to that download. Download takes like a minute. And then syncing up the node. I Last night, I couldn't, I didn't have any peers. I only had like one peer, but then I came home from work today and there were, it was updated and there were eight peers running. So, Good deal. I mean, it's, it's super easy on a PC that you just kind of have a backup PC sitting in your basement or something. You just mm -hmm. might as well run it. And, uh, and, and did you guys listen to the last, last week's, uh, you know, we recorded it and had that M web. That was really podcast. excellent. 
Yeah, that was really great. And <laughs> I learned some sad realities of, of, of privacy implications in terms of, you know, Trezor and all these other things we've heralded as wonderful devices to custody coins, uh, as well as yeah, Block Explorers, which was actually really sure great. Was, yeah. I thought cold storage was like the king of privacy. Well, it's like, for security, oh. it seems. And I'm thinking, and he's not here this week, but I'm thinking if you're going to use a VPN or something to access the uh, block explorers, it should obfuscate your traffic if you're interested in doing that for anonymity purposes. Um, but that does make sense that you would associate your IP with, with the block search. But And he's right. Like if you have OmniLite or Litecoin Core, or even if you have a debt, like a mobile wallet, like you should be able to see transactions within that. And I guess David was encouraging people to do that, which is true. We totally can. I just sometimes it's fun to look at all the metrics and scrape what's oh, scra sure. scrapable. Yeah. But <laughs> to, well, I realize you're, give, you're divulging data at the same time. That, it was yeah, a yeah. very, very excellent uh, uh, one last week. That was super. That's awesome that he came on and chatted. Yeah, I was a little worried, you know, I listened back. And I, you know, I'm self-critiquing a lot and I'm going, well, you know, I was worried that you, you don't want to go too slow, but at the same time, you don't want to go too fast because some of the stuff just about inputs and outputs, if you don't have any experience with using wallets or, um, yeah, downloading core, I always use a paper wallet. Paper wallets to me are some of the best educational tools you can get. It's like mm -hmm. you show your buddy, like... Once you give them a paper wallet, you go, they like to comprehend like, well, the money's not on the paper, right? Like you got to understand that when I give you a device or it's on your phone, it's not on your phone. Like, I think that's hard for people to grasp the month. The, you know, the ledger is being kept by the nodes. They don't, they're on, they're somewhere else. Thousands, hundreds of people are keeping the track of it. Right. And so it's, you're just keeping, you're just getting access to those coins with your private keys. Yeah, and you can access them anywhere in the world at any time. Like that, that part I think takes a minute to click sometimes, and so. That's well, good. that's great. You're spreading the message of paper wallets. I feel like that is such a like fundamental original crypto thing, and I'm curious how many people even know about that and utilize it. So um, they're cool, dude. I had a buddy actually mine. pretty cool last year. He wanted to buy some Litecoin, and I was like, you know what? Like he just wanted, he had cash and he's like, can you just get me some, just, he wanted to buy like five Litecoin. I'm like, all right, I could use a little cash. I'll sell you some Litecoin. And uh, so I was at home and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to move it onto a paper wallet. He's got a, he's got a light wallet on his phone. You know, I put it in my wallet, stick it in my wallet, my regular wallet, my physical wallet. I go meet him and he just imports the, imports it. It takes like two seconds. It's wonderful. And you just throw it away. <laughs> it's gone, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, some of the stuff we're, uh, that we're going to be able to do with MWeb was, I think, really cool. Like I started thinking about once merchants, like if I'm a merchant, to me, I don't need to know who you are. And even in a way like, why do I want to know? Any knowledge I have of you is a potential headache down the line. So maybe I just put out a stealth address and you don't know me, I don't know you and you know, that feels better to me as a merchant, maybe, but I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, that's good. I'll mute myself because Johnny's on. I'll just, the last thing I'll say for the node is I, if you look at my Inst uh, Instagram, 
If you look at my Twitter page, I have the pin at the top. Hopefully the links that I put in there will help folks set it up. And there's some videos in there. You kind of have to do your own rabbit trailing, but feel free to contact me. And um, again, like I said, Litecoin Elvis helped. And uh, Hey, Johnny comes on here. Johnny can wait a second. I do have a question for you. Oh. <laughs> did you. Did you coin the phrase Nakamoto standard? You know, I, I, I changed my handle to that because it made sense, but I, I didn't invent it. I, I did set up the website for it, but there was, you know, I should know who, who put that into the atmosphere because he's a friend of mine. On, was it the on, Indigo guy? Indigo. I think it might have like, been Indigo, yeah, because we're friends on, on, uh, on Twitter and we follow each other and we both kind of talked about that and we, we both agree. We like the, the Nakamoto standards. Yeah, so. I think it's cool. I like it. Yeah, Bitcoin and Litecoin. So I put up a simple landing page for it and... Um, I think it's helpful. There's not a whole lot there, but it does exist. And uh, I thought it was worth setting up. So, All right. Well, hey, we got uh, Boglamas. You're a regular. Am I, I'm gonna, I mispronounced it again, man. Tell me how you say your name. No, yeah, no, no. It's cool. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Oh, it is Boglamas? All right. Yes. I just, I just, wanted, to add, I just wanted to add that the, the merchant wants to know everything, actually. The, say that again? The, the merchant that you're paying know, wants to know everything about you. The master? Knows the, <laughs> uh, the merchant. Oh, the merchant wants to know everything yeah. about you. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe like you're talking about like your Amazons and your Walmarts and all that, right? Yes. But like if you own a, if you own a, I don't know, if you own a carry out, do you really care? Or if you own... Yeah, I don't know. A barbershop? Do you care? If your customer's that's, like, hey, I'd rather be private. I mean, I don't why, know. That's why we want uh, MWeb. Because we can't. Right. Well, that's what you got to... I'm thinking like smaller merchants will be maybe more likely to adopt and willing to adopt those stealth addresses. Were you listening last week? I think yes, you were, me? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. He, he was talking about, you know, it's really just a matter of getting them to, to utilize the stealth address. Yeah. And then anybody can engage with it, assuming Lightwallet adopts it. So that's mind blowing. Yeah, it. I I was uh, I listened to it a couple times, and I was I was getting pretty excited. Like this is <laughs> to me, it's a it's a complete. What it's going to do, in my opinion, is it's going to kind of lay bare probably the biggest flaw with our coins right now, Bitcoin and Litecoin, and it's going to be glaring like. Wow, I'm sharing a lot of information. Once they start seeing that you can do Mimblewimble transactions and not disclose any information, I think I can see Bitcoiners going, that's pretty awesome. Like I can move coins around the internet and they don't know where they're going. Like that's, to me, that's a huge problem right now that you have. Because everybody's feeling that. Like, you know, you can't even move onto an exchange or... Yeah, if you do use something like an IP address, I don't, I don't know how I, they can't tell where they go, like physically, like what website they go to right now, but they could certainly link you to certain sites, I would imagine. They gotta send this, I guess. But we should, we should hide more, more stuff from them because the, the more they know, the more, the more, more product they want to sell us. That's my. My point of view. Right. 
Yeah, it's like what, what was that? Um, and on and, Netflix, what was the one about the? It wasn't. It was about Facebook, the social dilemma or something. Did you guys ever watch that? No. no. How much yes. information they glean off you, like your every move. It was pretty wild. If you haven't watched it, it's it's pretty eye opening. That this is exactly crypto. Right now, everything is open and wild. That's true. They see every movement you make. The, and you wonder, like, you do wonder a lot of the mobile wallets, like, how much privacy do you have? I mean, Apple knows where you go all the time. I'm sure they know when you open your apps. So, going so, that easily, going that easily to a block explorer is actually a bug. Like, that's a problem. <laughs> there's a, there's, I mean, there's like, it, should, it shouldn't be that, that easy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I would like to see, like, this is my, I, I brainstorm a lot about, like, how are payments going to look or what's the best, like, private, secure way for people to actually use their coins? I can't imagine the phone is the best option. Like, you've already given so much information to have it that it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to figure out what you're doing if you're using a phone. But is there a way to have some sort of crypto-only device? And you guys tell me maybe this exists. Where you can actually, you can have your wallet connected to your node. You don't have to give any anything. Well, how do you? But how do you spend it? From your wallet, from your phone. From your like, from your mobile wallet. Yes. But isn't your mobile wallet connected to you? To your node. But it's also connected to the. So they they could tell like when you open it, but they can't tell what's going on while you're inside the app. I I don't I don't really know exactly what they get, but this is this is the most secure way to do it. Right, right. All right. Well, Johnny, you want to come up here? You said you want to talk about mobile wallets today. Oh please, yes. Are you gonna drop some knowledge on us? Are you even listening? <laughs> Johnny, it's time. <laughs> yeah, so last hey. night I was just did that quick video and you, you jumped in. What so what what's going on? You feel like people aren't using what? mobile wallets enough or what? What's up guys? Johnny Litecoin here. How's everybody doing tonight? Good, thanks good. For, what's thanks up, for man? Tuning in. Um welcome Johnny. Great. Thank our host for putting these together. He's doing a great job. He's staying with it every week. So uh, awesome service he's doing for us. So, yeah, I brought up and just said, hey, let's chat about mobile wallets. I think mobile wallets are super important. And uh, a lot of times go they get overlooked. So a lot of people that I meet that own Litecoin or they own crypto, they can't do a transaction when I talk to them if I ask them. They're like, maybe they have it in cold storage. Maybe they're Litecoins in Robinhood. Maybe it's in Venmo. Maybe it's in Coinbase, but they haven't done all the KYC, so they can't do a send out of there. Whatever the issue is, usually there's people can't do a send of Litecoin when I encounter them. And to me... That's a problem. So I think as like the Litecoin community or just crypto community in general, we should stress stress the importance 
of having access to a good mobile wallet to use, have some Litecoin in there. Like, be ready to use it if needed. Like, hell, I don't leave my house without knowing I have a few Litecoins on me ready to go. I might encounter a deal when I'm out there in my travels during the day. I mean, I might go somewhere. Someone has a Mickey Mantle baseball card. They might say, Johnny, give me a hundred bucks for it in Litecoin. <laughs> Hell, I want to be ready to buy the thing, right? So point being is it's, you know, if you have all your crypto tucked away in like a cold storage or something like that, it's great, but you're not ready to spend it. So that's where I really think the mobile wallet is key because that at least gets us ready to use crypto more. Maybe we don't want to spend it at a store. Maybe you see my videos, you say, Johnny, I don't want to buy coffee. That's stupid. Well, maybe just bartering with a friend with it for a piece of gold, a piece of silver, Maybe you're buy a, a motorcycle or something of value from them, a wave runner. I I don't know, but you guys get, get where I'm going with it. If you're not, if you don't have it available to spend, you won't ever be able to use it. And I think where we're going with everything with MWeb and all of that is about Litecoin, the usability, the utility of Litecoin, right? And the transactions are going up on the network, which is good. So more and more people are using it. It's being more used. I just want to see that trend continue. So I just think it's something we need to get out there and like keep screaming off the mountaintop about. Um, I, all you guys are great in the Litecoin community, but it's just something that I just want to keep stressing, stress it to newcomers say, Hey, do you have a mobile wallet? Do you have, um, so Light Wallet, we love. Light Wallet's really easy. It's a Litecoin-only wallet, which makes it nice and simple. Another wallet that I love, um, that I have two go-tos. It's Light Wallet or it's Exodus Wallet. Exodus Wallet is extremely simple um, to use, and um, you, just, you download it. You actually send a transaction first, then you write down the seed words. So I think it's really important to note for people, and this is something I've been getting across to people too, and I've been teaching them about crypto recently. I say there's two different types of wallets. You have centralized wallets and you have decentralized wallets. Your centralized wallets are also called custodial wallets. Your decentralized wallets or your non-custodial wallets. How can you tell the difference? Real simple. If you have a username and a password, it's a centralized or custodial wallet. If you have, if the wallet gave you 12 seed words or 24 seed words, that means you have access and you control the private key. That's a non-custodial wallet. It means you are the custodian. So again, this is really important to know. This is a really important lesson in crypto because the other thing I noticed when people start with an exchange, when they start with Coinbase and they start with Voyager, they start with Gemini or something like that. I say to them, hey, how was it? And they say, ah, oh, they wanted a lot of information. And people have actually said to me, Bitcoin or Litecoin wants a lot of information. 
And again, this is their first experience with this. So they're thinking that the Bitcoin company or the Litecoin company is asking them for all this information. So I love when we start out with the non-custodial wallet. I always say, even if somebody is ready to buy, you want to set them up with Voyagers, Coinbase, something like that. Set them up with Exodus or Light Wallet first. Send them two cents worth of Litecoin and just show them how it works. Show them a transaction. Then download the exchange wallet form and go from there. But at least they got to see the difference. Again, guys, just wanted to stress that point and um, I guess open it up for some questions and stuff. Yeah, I got a question for you. Do you know? Do you know if there's so Exodus Wallet like c- carries a number of coins? I'm guessing, right? Yes. So most wallets, probably the difference is like how many can you hold in there at a time. Uh, like you said, maybe there's they're centralized in a way where you have to access them, they're... but they don't act as exchanges in any way. You just hold your coins there. Yeah, sure. So most wallets that are non-custodial don't act as exchanges. You just, it's just a wallet for holding your coins. Exodus, Atomic, Light Wallet, Coinomi, Trust Wallet, Engine Wallet. Um, There's tons of different wallets out there. BRD Wallet. These are all wallets. Now, a lot of these have integrated the ability to buy in there usually through a credit card, but they're not an actual exchange. They just have a buy button integrated through like through an API. So they're not actually like the service that's selling you the, um, the, the crypto lots of differences in these wallets. They all have different use cases functions. Now some wallets work better for accepting a payment. If you were a retail business um, Exodus or Light Wallet work great in that scenario. Reason being, they will show you that a payment is coming in immediately. In other words, a block does not have to clear for you to see in the wallet that you got paid. This is important if you're in a retail environment, if, especially if you're selling an item that's of low value especially with Litecoin. You don't have to worry about a double spend with Litecoin to begin with because the blocks aren't full. But, you know, number two, you don't want to sit there and wait for a block to clear on a uh, selling someone a hamburger, a hot dog, or a T-shirt. You want to see that a payment came in, just like you do with a credit card. What most people don't realize is credit card payments do not settle for six months. The Litecoin network settles every two and a half minutes. So it's actually a fallacy that um, Visa or MasterCard, it's so fast. It it will propagate payments to the network fast, but they're not fully settled for 180 days. That's key to note. Um, So yeah, just the wallets, lots of different use. Another thing I want to point out, there's different types of Litecoin addresses. If you go into your Litecoin wallet right now, and hit receive, you're going to see a QR code and a associated Litecoin address. Now, this Litecoin address is either going to begin with 
the letter L as an uppercase, the letter M as an uppercase, or LTC in, in lowercase. And it depends on what type of Litecoin address it is. Legacy addresses begin with an uppercase L. Segwit addresses begin with either the capital M or the LTC1. And the LTC1 addresses were, um, there was an improvement, I believe it was like that Beck 32 improvement that came to Litecoin and Bitcoin. Um, and uh, I was in one of these Bitcoin improvement proposals and uh, and Bitcoin addresses start with, I think, BC1 and Litecoin addresses start with LTC1. Uh, maybe it's yeah, I'm looking at my wallet like you can't. As far as receiving, it's all L, which means they're just non-segwit, right? Is on it a, capital L, or what, what wallet are you in? In the light wallet. Light wallet so, uses a legacy address. So, actually, in a lot of regards, if you're doing an event ever, you want to post a legacy Litecoin wallet address. Reason being, you don't want people's wallets not to be able to send to the to the um, litecoin address now what happens is not every wallet can send to one of these ltc1 addresses not every wallet software has been upgraded or not every exchange has been upgraded most of them have by this point in time but some still cannot believe it so or not rec- so most most wallets will recognize like it sees the, you know, it'll say like invalid if it's unable. It'll to... say invalid yeah. and it won't, it won't let us, it'll say invalid Litecoin address. So if you ever are doing a send and it says invalid address, it may be because the wallet software you're using cannot send to that, at, to that type of address. So then what you would do is send to another legacy, another wallet that would support sends to a um, to one of these SegWit addresses. So, for example, Coinomi is a good wallet to use in this case, or uh, Exodus can send to all of them. So uh, if you um, have Litecoin in a wallet that can't send to one of these, send it to Exodus or send to Coinomi, and then you can send over. One, one unique thing about Coinomi you go into Coinomi wallet and hit receive, it'll give you an option for all three types of Litecoin addresses. It'll give you the options, and I'll tell you what they well, they listed in there. I'll go into my Coinomi. So if I go in there, they list it as just some default compatibility and legacy. And gotcha. uh, and just, you know, again, guys, this is good info to have, especially as the Litecoin community. We want to try to be um, experts, especially with um, – now, we get a lot of critique from people that we're not mining experts. And uh, I'm, I'm the first to admit um, I don't know a lot about mining myself. I'm not a miner, but where I do pride myself is being an expert for the public on how to use the consumer apps. That's where we shine as the Litecoin community. Hey, Main Street USA. Hey, mom and pop business. Hey, you know, your average Joe that wants to know how to use this stuff. 
we as a Litecoin community are approachable. We know how to use the stuff. We're here to help you. And that's kind of why I set up, guys, Litecoin Tech Support. That's my company. And it's kind of a company that I don't really give a shit if I make a lot of profit. I just kind of set it up to build because I have to build credibility. I worked in the regular payments business and I, it's just tech support for Litecoin. It's free support. And um, I support and um, help market the apps and software that integrate Litecoin into it. And especially as long as I like it, uh, if it's a lousy software or something, I won't get behind it. But uh, that's kind of the point of what I did. And um, a lot of other good people in the community that give support as well. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. Wallets are something that I, I I'll download one and then I don't use it forever, you know. And I'm <laughs> down. I just I stick to Light Wallet pretty much. That's what I use. Ninety percent of my stuff is Litecoin, so it just makes life a lot easier. So, uh, yeah. Anybody got any questions about wallets? Uh, another one thing I'll point out too is um, you guys should be t- signing into your wallets frequently. Like um, in other words. If you have a wallet that you haven't checked in on in a month or two, sign into it. It probably needs an update. See what's going on in there. See if there's any cool new features. Um, then, guys, test this stuff out. Send your send your Litecoins back and forth to your different um, wallets. You and again, when you control the private key, you can. That's the point of Litecoin. It's cheap to send around and look at it as, hey, you're just. You're running some tests. You're sharpening up your skills. You're kind of like a, a fighter that's out there. He's uh, getting a little sparring practice in or a golfer that's getting some swings in. You're just getting some touches of the apps and uh, getting used to using this stuff. And then when you go to talk to the public, talk to peers about it, that you're flying through the app and they're like, wow, this, this guy is, or this girl's a real expert with this stuff. Yeah, talking about, you know, you're going back, you're talking about, uh, you know, I think we've, uh, maybe not everybody in the community agrees with it, but I, I do believe we we should be using Litecoin. I think it's silly to just hodl everything and stick it in cold storage and never move it. Um, to Just to your point, so last, because we were talking about activity, a year ago, Bitcoin was more than 10 to 1 in active addresses. So we had like 80,000. They were over 800, and Ethereum was at 584. And then today, Bitcoin's still at 881. We're at 513,000. So we've gone almost about six and a half times as many active addresses today as a year ago, and Ethereum's at 940. So Ethereum's gone up a bit. They've almost doubled. We've gone up over six times. Like, that's... That's amazing, actually. <laughs> and that's just, that's so active addresses. I mean, I think that means has moved coins in the last 24 hours. I think you know that, right? Why Litecoin? What's the metric metric on that? What's Sorry. Uh, what was the question? What's the metric for what? How, how do they, how do they measure unique addresses or active addresses? So active addresses is like to any address that received coins or sent coins, I think within a 24 hour period. I think that's how yeah. to measure it. 
Yep. Uh, I have an ex- I have a saying too, guys. Hoddle until you're dead, and you're gonna <laughs> miss out on life. So, don't go out and spend all your Litecoin or Bitcoin, but go out and enjoy yourself a little bit. That's um, you know, we don't know what the hell they got in store for us. What's to come? What lockdowns? What this? What that? Who the hell knows what these maniacs can pull? So I just say, guys, <laughs> as long as restaurants are open and stuff and places are open, the mall, malls are open, go out there, spend a few bucks, and um, have some fun. That's that's all I can say. Yeah, really. I'm looking at these metrics still. You're at like, I mean, Bitcoin's, you know, a year ago was, or a little over a year ago, was about 10 to 1, 9 or 10 to 1, and now it's about, uh, two to one, two and a half to one. So obviously a lot's been changing. And I do think people are, do you guys think uh, we're seeing usage in like actual usage in other countries where they can't use Bitcoin anymore? I I think there's definitely some of that. If you look at the, the Google search trends and then, um, I also think there's a lot of other activity contributing to active addresses, like that Lightbringer game, um, some other small types of projects like that that are taking up block space. But um, yeah, I think it, I think it's a combination. It's hard to know for sure. I I think it's just that crypto's um, being used a lot more, and Litecoin has the reliability so a lot of people are using it and an active address a lot of these wallets um will create a new address when you do a send to it so people that are sending money in and out of exchanges litecoin is one of the best options i've talked about this repeatedly moving in and out of these cross-chain bridges in DeFi, if you want to move in and out of an exchange. Um, Litecoin has a lot lower fees, transfers quicker. So I think a lot of it would be related to that just because the crypto space in general is on such an upswing. We're getting such adoption. Just I, I know for um, a fact, you know, I just helped, I've helped so many people do things that didn't even involve Litecoin and they, they just needed to get a crypto in order to send to to do something and litecoin is usually always the best choice just because it has good liquidity they can send it and again that's all i i just want people to use litecoin i don't want to tell people you got to hold it you got to keep it forever i'm just about hey use this as a tool for financial freedom and uh, that's that's really why i think the addresses are going up though is is just because of adoption. Yeah, I, I agree. It's so interesting. Like, did did you look at the active addresses today? It's like at five hundred ten thousand. I don't understand why there's one hundred thirty one transactions, but then five hundred ten thousand active addresses. Does that that seems like it doesn't make sense? Because it, couldn't it only be like two x the amount of transactions? Do you guys know why that disparity exists? <laughs> What was the metric again you were saying that you were um, confused with? I'm just confused about the relationship between active addresses and transactions. So we had 131,000 transactions today or the last 24 hours, but we had 500,000 
active addresses. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand how they, I don't, I don't know, I guess, what would Dick determine an active address and how recently did it have to be utilized to deem it active? That would be, um, I, I do know for a fact, um, one thing that I track though is the transaction count in general. And what I could tell you is that when I became involved with Litecoin, we're talking about it publicly a lot, was the beginning of 2018. And I used to track the activity on the blockchain. And the Litecoin network was doing about twenty to 25,000 transactions per day. And I thought that was really cool because I was like, wow, this is this decentralized network. No companies controlling it. It's just settled in this decentralized manner, like every two and a half minutes. I was like, wow. And now we're doing 130, 140, 150,000 transactions every day. So right there, that would be why the active address count is so much on the rise as well, just because the... The tra- if the transactions are rising, you're going to get a lot more um, active addresses and also like new wallets downloaded, created, and all that. Hey, on the on, on the active addresses, I think you basically would just take the transactions and multiply by two, right? Just because there's two addresses for every transaction. Yeah, that's why yeah. I was confused. Oh. Why there's like four X. That's probably why it's you know. Multi sig is, just... is the reason why too the active oh, addresses. Yeah. Actually, I got another one, guys. Because okay. <laughs> you can send. Remember last week when we were talking about mm-hmm. you get you'll have like six you six inputs UTXOs you'll have sitting in your oh, in your yeah. wallet, and you send it. You can send a transaction that'll use like six addresses at a time. Sure. And, and also, yeah, and definitely for multi sig transactions because uh, again multiple um, addresses can be involved and it just goes through as one transaction. Yeah. And that's all off exchanges generally. Cause like an exchange, I mean, if you're going to move it off of an exchange or one exchange to another, obviously that's a transaction, but uh, anything within the exchange doesn't really count for anything, but all right. Talked a lot about wallets. <laughs> this is good stuff. Does anybody have a topic they definitely want to cover i have something i did want to cover now that i got kind of a full audience um and i guess we got about 50 of you maybe uh but it had to do with the community like i know we uh we talk a lot about bitcoin toxicity and one of the reasons i started this was that i feel like there's this uh there's a void in the market if we want to talk in a marketing term that Bitcoin has this like image of, I guess they just want to be jerks. That's what they're going to be. And then you have a lot of meme coins. You have Ethereum. I don't know what you would call them, but you know, I, I really just every week probably want to take a second just to talk about being a good member of like the crypto community and how important that is. When people ask you questions or you're in a thread about whatever it might be, Shiba Inu or Doge or something, and people are you may get irritated by these people, <laughs> but taking the time to, to just genuinely explain what Litecoin is and if they have questions not to be de- you know demeaning to them or mad at them that they got into some horrible investment, I think is a super important thing for us to do as a community. 
And if we consistently do that, you're going to bring so many more people on board. You know, we had last week, um, we got into this space as why Litecoin was there. It was, uh, Indigo was there because somebody in the community was kind of just shitting on Dogecoiners. And, you know, our whole mentality is like, this is one big crypto family and Litecoin needs to be at the center of this multi-chain Doge. There'll be Doge. Doge is going to be around whether you like it or not. Doge, Litecoin are paired together. Bitcoin's going to be there and they're all going to have their place. And so I just want to stress that as you're engaging with people online, like be invite them to this type of stuff. Tell them to ask questions. If they want to shit on Litecoin, say, hey, come out, challenge me. There's actually somebody who challenged me on some mining stuff. I don't know if he's here from my first podcast. But, um, yeah, I want to answer questions. I want to have an honest conversation. I just want to stress that to you guys because if you're going to be – if we're just going to turn into Bitcoin or Litecoin maximalists, I don't feel like that's going to be – like that would be a big uh, disappointment to me, I guess, as a Litecoiner. So just putting that out there. I 100% agree with you. And again, um, for me, it's all about just using Litecoin. I help people all the time get involved with cryptos. Most of the time, they don't want to buy Litecoin. They want to do something else. I don't tell them one way or the other. I just show them what to do. I I always try to do the you know, I'll try to do the test with a light, with a send of Litecoin to them, with one with an Exodus wallet or something like that. But um, other than that, you know, they're in they're in they're in cryptos. I look at it as so. If we're you know, you always get farther with um, with with sugar than with spice or with salt. They say, um, <laughs> you know, it's and vinegar or something. <laughs> yeah, whatever this whatever the saying is. So. And a lot of this, too, is also Twitter. There's so many people involved with crypto that have no clue about Twitter. Like, Twitter is like high school. And it really is. And it's like most Bitcoin maximalists. Like, if if you tell most people about this in the real world, they're like, this is a thing? Like, Bitcoin maximalists? Like, what the hell? Like it sounds demented and insane. And <laughs> they're they're doing it just to be cool for their peers. Most of these I already said once once this wallet hits, this lightning wallet that that um that Zinzi was telling us about, where you could do a cross chain atomic swap between Litecoin and Bitcoin on the Lightning Network, that's going to be the top way to buy Bitcoin out there. I mean, the top way to buy Bitcoin out there. People want KYC-free Bitcoin. That's your freaking way to do it. So these maximalists will be sweating Litecoin then, right? So I would just say... Get, you know, don't give these people too much energy. They're just doing this for Twitter. They're kind of like, it's kind of like politicians. They're playing to their audience or they're playing to their base. And I always say like, come, come, come meet me in the park and talk about this <laughs> stuff. Like you you won't, you know what I mean? Like, um, so it's, um, you know, in real life, they're cowards but on the keyboard, they're they're tough guys. So 
in the end, it's just to impress their friends. And uh, we will be bigger than that as the Litecoin community. And just, um, again, remember, Litecoin's here to use it. So the main thing is if people are into other crypto, say, awesome. They probably need Litecoin to get the crypto, to transfer in and out or whatever. God knows what exchange they're on or whatever they're doing. So, um, well, well, and, I, and I hear what you're saying because I do, I do agree with you. You talk to people outside this or even, you know, I, I often talk about the fact that there's a lot of people that are never going to that are never going to self-custody. Like it's it's so foreign to them. We're, you know, this is not going to happen. And that's OK. Like, you know that's there's to each their own but my point is that it is a real thing here and when you get into these spaces and, and like i i like every week in here i feel like we'll get somebody who's fairly new to the space and uh they'll um come up and it's like they're afraid to say anything they're afraid to utter another coin besides litecoin they're like i'm so, sorry i don't want you know i don't offend you guys i'm saying whatever it is ethereum or avalanche or something and it's like what why would you feel like you're going to get attacked versus stating it stating what you want to say right so it matters because people are here trying to learn and if you have an environment where you can help them out i feel like it matters so um, the other the other thing is too if people hit big on like shiba inu or some of these coins I mean, I would tell them, hey, home run. You, you came into crypto. You kind of hit a, hit a lottery ticket. You made some money. Um, why don't you now swap it into a coin that has more value and hasn't moved as much like Litecoin? And, um, right. So, you know, somebody's more likely to buy Litecoin after they've made money on another crypto than somebody, somebody. that has had no experience in crypto. So there's... Look at it as they're they're that much closer to us if they're involved with cryptos. Yeah. Oh, hey, Tuck's been waiting a minute. You came up, Tuck. What do you want to talk about, man? They are also a uh, defense mechanism. What? Hang on. Hold on. Hold on a second. Yeah, it is. You're right. It, it's like a – it's an ego. It is, it is a defense mechanism because the power of the of the internet is incredible. So the meme coin, without the maxis, it'll... Yeah. You know, I had one guy. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Gonna let, I'm going to let Tuck talk real quick. But I think it was last week I said, explain to me what makes Bitcoin better than Litecoin without using the phrase network effect. And I, that seems to be the only thing that seems to be their little mantra, that network effect, network effect, network effect. But anyway, Tuck, what do you got to say, man? I just wanted oh. to uh, bring up that new Litecoin card. I've seen a lot of new Twitter posts uh, with Visa and that Litecoin and I think that's pretty big for Litecoin, even though Visa is now in the picture, which kind of messes up the decentralization. But I think it's pretty big on the adoption. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, I held off on getting one of those. I just, I just was lazy. And uh, I got one, I don't know, I activated a few months ago and I love it, man. It's so cool to be able to take your coins, move them into your Light wallet, and then. So you can link up your light wallet with your Litecoin card. So you just move your, just log in and I got them. I'm holding them privately. And every month I might move over a coin or something just for some buying lunch and stuff like that. And, and uh, it's awesome. I like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You get, I get what you're saying. You give up a little privacy of it, but you know, that's, but it's I a feel small like party. When you're that. showing people too, when you can just show them the actual physical card, 
that brings it in huge and you know if you just wanted to bring them in the crypto space and just show them that wow i can actually spend real life money and let me buy you a coffee or something using you you can go to a uh, atm as well with that card so that blows people away so just say yeah go to an atm and take some cash out and that um if if fiat is your god go go get that dirty (laughs) stuff out of the atm (laughs) Um, but no, always, I, I've been breaking this card out all the time when I've been talking about cryptos and just tying it all together for people. Cause a lot of people, a lot of people like kind of laugh in their minds and say, well, where can I use Litecoin or Bitcoin at? Ha ha ha. Like, like they feel like they're kind of like getting the last laugh. And I'm like, all right, funny guy. Like, look at this card, like anywhere Visa is accepted or I go to the ATM and I get cash out. So yeah, the card is very big on that so well, that's all i really wanted why, to say why did that why was that all of a sudden news this week did charlie just reshare something in it because that's been around for a while i think they it? just they just did a, a popular um tweet that i think um how they tweeted the picture of the card it kind of resonated more with a lot of people that saw it and um you know the, the card's cool i mean it's so i've i've told a bunch of people about it that are working crypto they get paid in crypto i'm like because a lot of the issue is with people that work in crypto they can't take credit card payments they can't even operate in the banking system so now a card like this lets them do what they have to do in the real world honestly you don't really need a bank account if you have this card um, for most things, I mean, you can, um, you can do whatever you have to do with this card. You can make almost any payment cause you could pay through the visa network. You can grab cash if you need it. And like you were saying, you can just hold Litecoin in your own private wallet and just transfer over whatever you need, whenever you need to transfer it over. So, um, yeah, they, and they, even though they have KYC on the card itself, I mean, I don't, the only time that the money would have would be attached to you is probably once you move it onto the card. So if you did, if you received, you know, Litecoin as payment, let's say you're, I don't know, you do yard work or something, instead of cash, you take Litecoin. You know, you really wouldn't have a cost basis. Like everyone talks about, oh, it's a taxable event. It's a taxable event. And um, to me, I like that. Like I, it's like I can get, I can get a little bit of exposure, pay just my regular income taxes basically, rather than one big lump sum sale. I'm just selling a little bit at a time, you know? Yeah, exa- exactly. And you could, if you, for your tax purposes, you could download a quick report and you can, crypto taxes are easy. You can, for most of these wallets, you just, they either, they either integrate directly with a crypto tax software through an API, or you just download a CSV report and you um, upload into the crypto tax software. It's super easy. I always throw it back on people. I say, oh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's a taxable event. If you have a yard sale at your house, you know, it's a taxable <laughs> event. You've ever sold anything on eBay, you know, it's a taxable event. If you saw, and people are like, oh, well, no, that's, I tell people that everything you, every penny you take in is a taxable freaking event. So don't give me that crap. I tell people this is fun by the bad guys to scare us. And, um, you know, that way they scare you. Oh, don't spend your crypto. It's a taxable event. 
everything in life's a taxable event. So it's you living know, in your house is a taxable event. Yeah, leave <laughs> you breathe air, it's a taxable when event. you flush the toilet, the same <laughs> something. And there are also the wonderful use taxes that everyone complies with. The sales tax, you mean, or everything else? Use taxes. If you buy something outside of your state's jurisdiction and bring it back to consume it, it's a taxable event. No one pays taxes on the beef jerky they bought in Nevada when they live in California. What do you mean? That's oh, yeah. Look up, look up use taxes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. If you buy something out of state, you're supposed to pay tax for it in your state. Oh, you mean like a sales tax? Like you have to yeah, because you, you're paying a different, <laughs> a different sales tax. If you go to, you know, and then you, if you're bringing it back to your it's state. It's impossible to, to comply with it. Yep. It's literally impossible. It, and it's it's impossible like to comply. To it's impossible country, to enforce. <laughs> if you ever went to like, if you ever went from the U.S. to Canada, they would ask you if you have any like... Um, alcohol or like tobacco on you i'll never forget being a kid driving up there going to the border and my friend uh we're, we pull up there and they said you got any alcohol or tobacco on on you he goes nah nah, nah man i just had my last cigarette <laughs> and it was it was just something, something i always remember but it's just yeah. you know just again everything is a taxable event so crypto tax is actually super easy to comply with and do and um if you're you don't have much tax to pay on a cup of coffee or small items yeah i will i will say last year for the first time i did the coin whatever the coin tax and man it was unbelievably fast like you you set up your apis from the whatever exchanges you use and within two seconds your entire taxes are done (laughs) you're like man it'd be great if my regular taxes were like this you know yeah, so. it, it, it's a hundred. It's easier than your regular taxes, and that's. And again, it's because crypto is a digital public ledger. Your regular taxes are are tricky. If you're a restaurant and you have all paper receipts from cash sales, let me tell you something. That's tricky to comply with to plug that into a um a tax reporting system. Not. Crypto. So most of what we see out there that gets floated out there in the news is FUD and it's really the opposite. So obviously I'd like for it to not be a taxable event when crypto is spent. And I feel like the government will have to cave at some point because they don't want us holding money. They want us in debt. So if everyone's hoarding crypto they're going to have to get us to try to spend it to get the velocity of money picking back up, moving around the system. They'll, they'll be giving us incentives to spend our crypto. No, no taxable event anymore. Merchants will be saying it's a discount. We want your crypto, say 20%. I felt like the M web conversation at the end of that, I felt like it becomes, it becomes like what Kyle was just saying. At some point it becomes un untrackable it's not, it's not even make it doesn't even make sense to try to figure out what's going on at some point and that's where maybe they would throw their hands up or it's either gonna be throw their hands up and go you know what we're just gonna have to accept this is just money and like a foreign currency i don't know that you tax if i go to canada and buy buy a bunch of canadian dollars and i come back and the canadian dollars are worth no. more 
I don't They're get not... taxed, I don't think, when I convert them, you know what I mean? Yeah, not with foreign exchange. And God willing, Litecoin and Bitcoin will be declared the currencies that they are, and we will no longer have to worry about any of this. <laughs> yeah, They're that not... would be awesome. They're not worried about um, privacy and most of this stuff for most people because most people are going to just do what is told to them. They're going to do what the bank tells them is safe to do, and they're not going to go outside of that comfort zone. And uh, again, I've said this once. I've said it again. No one knows this better than me. I work with the public. I talk to them every day about their banking transactions, money funding to them. Unfortunately, the public has a fascination with these banks. I don't get it. It drives me insane. I hate it, but it's just fact. And most people feel safe with the big bank. And again, it sounds insane to me why you would feel, why you think these big banks have your best interests at heart when they're the biggest criminals in America and they've stolen the most money from the public and it's all out there. It's not hidden. They've stolen the most money from the public. Um, they've been in, they've been indicted for rigging the silver market. They're not even allowed to say the bank's name. They got to call them bank a, but people are fascinated with them. So the public will use what Facebook tells them is safe. What PayPal tells them is safe. What Coinbase tells them is safe. So they're not worried about MWeb. They're not worried about us on this Twitter spaces that know how to use DeFi and all this stuff. They almost need us. We're the landlords of the future system that are helping to build this all out. It's like we're buying the property. We're facilitating everything. We're the landlords. They need people to own the property and run everything. And then they'll build their interface into this. And then people will just use DeFi in the banking platform. The bank will see everything that they do. The government will see everything they do. Everything will be reported. Their tax will be easy. And they won't want to use the private wallet because it seems scary. And that's why I always tell people, let's keep urging people to know about these private wallets because as the bad guys make it easier to use the um not use the centralized stuff, people are going to have less incentive to get out there and use the private wallets. Yeah. No, I, I, I like where you're going with that. I, I think you're right. And that's one of the things I get very, um, I mean, I, every week I feel like I, di- I divert the conversation into, uh, don't willingly give over your coins to the people who want to take them. <laughs> right. And I, and I start feeling very conspiratorial, but I mean, the reality is like, I mean, you're right. They, most people are just going to use the things and that, that are available to them and seem easy. And they, the interfaces are simple and they have insurance and they got a password. They can always, so yeah, the self custody thing is a tough thing, but I, but maybe that, that gives me an idea to maybe do some things with, talking through or doing some videos on like Kyle said, do the paper wallet, show some regular wallet exchanges. This, the, the very basic things that we take for granted are very intimidating. I have, I have a coworker that's owned crypto for like a year or two. He's never, he bought a ledger. He's never set it up. I'm like, yeah, I'll come over. I'll show you how to do it. And it's just, it, it's just like it freaks him out. My sister has been trading for four years. She's never had a wallet 
and she's never held crypto privately. It's like, Jesus Christ, that's the whole point of this stuff, not to trade. <laughs> well, this is very new to people. Um, I've had people stop dead in their tracks. We're just setting up a Coinbase account, and it gets to the point of linking their bank account. And they've been like, oh, can I send them a check? And I was like, can you send them a check? Like, wh- <laughs> what? Like, what do you No, You got to link your account. And they're like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have an access to my bank. And I'm like, your your bank, that's, that's the whole reason the system sucks. Anything can happen to your money in your bank and you're covered. The, the system, the system blows. There's so much fraud in the system. They have to cover all the loss. All of our identities are stolen. The amount of fraud I see would make you sick. That's why I got involved with Bitcoin and Litecoin in the first place. And when I'm scratching my head every day, saying, how the hell does the system last? There's too the much fraud. fraud. Like, what when you say is? fraud, do you mean like banks just taking advantage of businesses? Meaning and- there's tons of money lost every day in the system and no one gives a shit. And it didn't add up to me. And then all of a sudden I realized they're just printing and creating all this money. Of course, no one cares. They're making everybody whole. That's why none of these people care. And the scarcity of Bitcoin and Litecoin, it real it solves two problems. It's that limited, it's a coin that's created with this, in this decentralized manager with this, in, with this scarce supply and then it solved that double spend problem where it solved that fraud problem of sending a payment from A to B where you can't pull the payment back and never that's we always got to stress to people Bitcoin is an invention it, it was an actual invention it's not a stock they invented a way to send value from point A to point B with no fraud you can't even do this with cash. People say, oh, cash the only thing you could do it with. Bullshit. What are you, a, a, <laughs> a, a counterfeit bill detection expert? The Chinese put super notes out there years ago that the Secret Service couldn't even even um, detect fakes with. So you tell me some merchant at a convenience store is going to be able to detect these super notes coming through? No. Fake checks always existed. And then what I've always been exposed to is the credit card fraud. So Bitcoin fixed it all, and then it fixed the problem of all our identities are stolen. All this money is lost every day. No one cares. The debt's just exploding. The financial system is crumbling to pieces. No one notices because they just they do whatever they want. They cover everything up. Um, look up the repo um, market. September 2019. The financial system failed September 17th, 2019. This isn't conspiracy. They had this, the Fed had to start injecting money into the repo market and they couldn't stop it. It was like a runaway train. And then coincidentally, a few months later, people were running around in masks. So I'll I'll leave that there. But uh, you guys, get- <laughs> hey hey Johnny, I do I do I want to let um just real quick, Cody. I'll let you up after this. But um, I know one of the things we were talking about. So why Litecoin and I are kind of trying to keep this podcast going, right? And one of them we want to get you, I think, at some point to do one on like uh, I want to understand what retailers, what they see, what they want, 
what what makes them adopt it all this stuff you know so i want to do a podcast with you is what i'm trying to tell you <laughs> i'll message you another time but uh sounds good yeah i would really like to understand that and i think yeah, it baffles me why if we could get retailers to stop taking credit cards you know what an advantage for everybody you, you'll never get them to stop taking credit cards because retailers just want to take what people have. Well, not the, stop, but I mean, like, yeah. you know, give, give the option, right? Understand the value yeah. of opting out. One unique thing that I want everyone to look around in the next week before we come back next week is that um, a lot of retailers, especially delis, pizzerias, bagel stores, convenience stores, they're now charging the credit card fees to you as the consumer they're putting a line item on the receipt it says non-cash adjustment convenience fee service charge different whatever yada 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 fee it's usually a three and a half to four percent charge that is being passed through because a lot of merchants have thrown in the towns and they've had it with paying these credit card fees so it's um just pay attention when you guys are out there I haven't seen many of the big box um, stores do it yet, but um, most of the mom and pop is doing it. At least in my area, it's really popular. So just notice that. And then uh, that's a way to kind of put our foot in the door and say, hey, maybe you can tell your customers, um, throw it out there for them. Um, let them pay you with Litecoin and even money. And you're getting an appreciating asset, and yada, yada, yada kind of thing. So... All right, let's give uh thanks to let's give Cody. What's up, Cody? Yo, what's up, everybody? Uh, Cody here. Some know me as Latin Slovak, but uh, interacted with some of you folks on Twitter and whatnot. Good to good to see everybody here. But uh, yeah, just just a couple things. Uh, shooting off the hip here. Um, one of one of the main um things that I that I kind of struggle with, and because it seems to be a little time consuming for someone that's not very technical savvy is the ability to run a full node. Um, and I think, you know, we can have some, some good education on that. Um, I did uh, get the, um, you know, I've had the FutureBit Apollo Litecoin Miner uh, with the full package. And, you know, that's pretty much hands-off kind of deal. You know, it comes ready to rock and roll, you know, kind of link it up and, and it does its thing. But trying to navigate on Litecoin Core um you know it's like you know i i struggled forever couldn't get inbound connections um and it, it was you know kind of frustrating and again it's just coming from a you know a, a non-technical perspective but hey, you we know, talked about this probably right before you came on um oh. so if you look like just just last night i mean i know it's super it's going to be the most basic video you'll ever see in your life but i did one uh just showing you where on the litecoin foundation to go if you have a Windows computer to just mm -hmm. download the Litecoin Core wallet and you just run through the setup wizard or whatever it gives you, yeah, and it'll set up. I mean, it's it's extremely easy if you're just using a regular Windows computer. Now, Kyle wanted to be fancy and did a Raspberry Pi, Raspberry Pi Blitz because he wanted to show off or something. But just look at that. Because once you download, it takes about a day. I mean, it takes a while because you you have to sync up with the blockchain. You got ten plus years of data that has to sync up. So I mean, right. it, it probably takes eight to ten hours. I think maybe something like that. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. But wouldn't wouldn't like? I mean, some of the problems I think I ran into might not necessarily be on the the course side, but it's it's trying to navigate or traverse your uh, I, your your uh, service provider. You know, like trying to get into the port forwards and and allowing you know this access. Like I've I've gone into port forwarding and and you know gotten to where like on the future bit. You know, I I've gotten to where it works. Um, but I couldn't find a way to do it. I mean, and I know this isn't kind of, you know, again, on the Litecoin software side, it seems like it's more on, um, you know, your service provider, you reach out to the service provider and there's not much assistance on that end. I don't know if this mm -hmm. makes sense, but I mean, I, I feel like it's missing a step in some, some degree because it's, not, it's, get, it's either sending out, you know, outbound or, or not getting out or, you know, missing a step on, on the, the whole process. Yeah, I do agree. Like, there's so many options in there. Like, I was looking at whether there's proxy and there's PNP, or I don't, and I just put in the defaults. But yeah, I can see where you start running issues and you're like, I have no idea what any of this stuff means. Yeah. You start clicking stuff and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to break it. <laughs> What's going on? Right. I'm going to break Litecoin. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a good thought because, I, I mean, it's funny. It seems like so. Well, Kyle, do you want to speak to it? Yeah, I'll just chime in to say, I believe. Um, I'm going to call you Mega Chunky Buns, our great host. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know everyone's real names. We're all like icons and who knows what, but pardon me. Um, but yours is Litecoin Core, correct? The one you walked through, through the Litecoin Foundation? That's Yeah, that's what I have, yeah. So the one, the mine with the Raspberry Pi, which Cody, if you want to check out, I pinned it as my top tweet. That one, I chose that because it's actually a lightning uh, node. So it does obviously get the, the Litecoin core blockchain, but it's actually can be used for Lightning network stuff. So mm. there's a, there's another little variance. I know Lightning's not really used a whole lot right now because we don't really need to use it, but I thought it would be a fascinating learning experience for me, and plus I'm contributing to the network. But if you wanted to set up a little dedicated Raspberry Pi, just check out my pin and I can help you. Um, I, I know what you mean in terms of getting blocked from peers because I had issues with that, but that pertained to the Rasby Blitz software I was running and the Litecoin like parameters because I have one for Bitcoin, one for Litecoin. The Litecoin one, for some reason, the default Tor like breaks it. But that was the hump that I was dealing with for a while and that was cleared last night. So anyway, if you're interested in doing a Lightning node for Litecoin, check out my pin and I'll help you. And I know uh, Eric Bowman um, 87 was helpful. Litecoin Elvis was, was helpful. So we're all here to help each other kind of figure this all out. And down the road, we'll be able to, you know, maybe set up some channels and do some micropayments uh, and yeah. all that fun stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely have to check that out. And um, I would imagine uh, I, I understand, I thought that uh, Lotion was working on like the Litecoin uh, Lightning wallet, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if there's been like updates on that, but I'm, you know, I would imagine that liquidity, we have to kind of ramp that up for that to, to kind of really be effective. Eh? That was something that uh, Jinji from the foundation told us, I don't know, three weeks ago, maybe. And it sounded like it wasn't, you know, necessarily nearing completion, but that that was his next project after Omnilite. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm, I was, I was kind of surprised he told us about it. That made me think that maybe it's further along than, than we think. But, 
I got the sense that was like a not necessarily a a soft like I don't know if it was a mobile wallet. Is that what he was saying it was? Do you guys remember? It's just some because he he reached out asking for like you know anybody had ideas for for names you know this was probably like a year ago uh and i was like yo flash wallet yeah <laughs> but <laughs> you know outside of that like so i mean i, I know he's been i think he called it plasma up. i think he's calling it plasma okay yeah that's that's, that's cool which um, i like definitely definitely been in the works but yeah it's interesting to be interesting to see how that how that plays out um and you know, I, I don't know how much time we got. I don't, I don't want to talk too long, but I just wanted to touch on as well, like you know, the the, the means of exchange portion of uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty much Bitcoin, Litecoin only. I mean, 105 million is all we need in my perspective, but do what you want. <laughs> um, but you know, with the and, and Johnny, you know, and, and I heard you know, he was breaking it down. You know, tax tax, it's you know, pretty simple. But one of the problems that that I foresee, you know, I had Litecoin card. Um, you know, it's extremely difficult to keep track of your basis. Like if you like, I was going ham on the card. Like I was, I was putting dirty fiat in, into the, uh, the, the, you know, the loaf wallet, moving it over to my Litecoin card. And then I'll go get gas groceries, boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? Like hardcore. And like, there's no place on there to like track your basis, I don't know if there's a potential that, you know, maybe oh, your cost basis you're talking about. So, so what, what happens is you don't need to track your basis. What happens is when you use the crypto tax software, which ever, if you, if you want to do your crypto taxes, you have to use a crypto tax software. It's cheap to use. The one I use, hit me up. I'll send you guys a link. It costs 50 bucks. Tax bit? Um, uh, I use TaxBit. TaxBit is great. It's easy to use. And what happens is you connect the exchanges. So then it knows your cost basis from the exchanges because it shows what you bought at. And then when you go to spend, it shows what you got rid of the coins at. So, um, right. But how, you do, know, you, how I, do you link? How, like, I didn't see. Yeah. I, I, but, you know, obviously there's like Coinbase and, you know, Kraken or whatever that you can link, you know, due to API linkage. But um, on the when you're moving on to the, the, the Litecoin card, right, that that's where you're, you know, exiting. Right. And how do you import that? Like they'll in the if you sign into the dashboard, you'll be able to get download a CSV file of your transaction from the car, Litecoin and card import side. Yep, just sign in, sign into the dashboard, and then you'll be able to download the CSV file, and then you'll be able to import that into TaxBit. If you cannot do that, if it doesn't give the option to do that, I'll I'll talk to the people um, behind the card and say, hey, this is obviously a, a necessity and a must, obviously to comply with taxes. So obviously, obviously, all that stuff is coming as well. Where if it's not easy with a button they're obviously integrating all that because the government out there or whatever wants people people to be able to comply with taxes and they that's kind of what i think a lot of the fight was about with a lot of these exchanges and stuff was hey you guys have to send out 1099s or this or that or make it easy for people to file the taxes kind of thing yeah. so yeah bottom bottom line is though it's um you should just be able to sign in there, download that CSV file, 
and then import that into like tax. Base. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like you got some connections there because I'm I'm not seeing that that ability, you know, on on the Litecoin dashboard, um, the card, right? And DM me at on Twitter, and then we'll um, if it's not on there right now, um, it's not tax time, anyways. I'll hit them up and say by tax season that we need that um, in there, and then um, that way we can have access to that. Yeah, I mean that that that's that's I think a big big deal, yeah. you know, for folks is is just that that whole compliance part because I think ninety nine percent of us, you know, aren't trying to evade crap, right? I mean, we're we're here to you know pay our part, even though I think like to what you said, I think it's it's BS that you know uh, transactions under a certain dollar amount will be even taxable. You know, I like to see if, if there was a, you know, a push for legislation, if it's like a transaction under, you know, a thousand dollars or whatnot, then, you know, it's not a taxable event. Like that would be massive for means of exchange usage for Bitcoin and Litecoin, you know, tremendously. Um, it, but, you know, it'll come at some point, but then you could try to use this stuff to your advantage as well. If you buy a coin that went down in value. Mm-hmm. Um, sell it and immediately buy it back because it, when cryptos on like stocks, they don't have that wash trading yeah. rule because it's a commodity. So you could use things like that too to your advantage. So just try to be smart with it, and then um, you know, um, you know, and if you're spending some cryptos and the price is down, you're getting a, actually a tax write off. So you can look at it that way as right, well. Right, right, yeah, offset, offset your gains. Um. The yeah. the other just quick thing I had is just a question here, uh, Johnny. I know you deal with a lot of the merchants, but I, I guess just to get an idea of like what is some of the concerns from the merchant side or, or worries. One thing I, I'm always curious about is let's say you buy a, a, a you know purchase a good or service with you know Litecoin, and you return you know let's say it's a defect defective product and and you go to return it. I mean, essentially, right? You're getting back. You know, let's say I, I, I spent 0.1 Litecoin, I'm going to get 0.1, but we're obviously dealing with the volatility, right? So the the value in fiat terms could be up or down. Some people could potentially manipulate the system in that regard. Is Does that any of that make sense? Or, or and if you can elaborate on you're, it. You're going to get back the um, uh, fiat amount. So if you if you spent $100 in on a purchase and Litecoin was at $200 and that was half a Litecoin. And then um, Litecoin went to $400 and you wanted to do a return. Then they would be giving you back at that point in time, a quarter of a Litecoin because they'd be giving you a hundred dollars in value. So for merchants and businesses operate in fiat in, in us dollar, because that's how their that's how their tax reporting and their accounting works. So, like in these point of sale systems, they do a sale, and, and even if they even they let you pay in Litecoin, chances are they're a either a going to convert it right into dollars on the spot, or but also b for tax purposes, it goes in on their end. If they took in a hundred dollars, it's a hundred dollars in reportable tax. It doesn't matter if Litecoin took off that night and they kept it, uh-huh. right? They just they just have to claim the hundred whatever the cost of that sale was. So, yeah, you're always getting back dollar for dollar. Mm, interesting. Okay, that that's good to know. I, I didn't know that. And and like like I was saying, is there any like 
specific concerns uh, that you that you're getting feedback from, like these merchants, or what's what's the biggest like hesitancy that you're seeing as far as accepting, uh, you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin for payments? Well, the hardest thing to accept it in a retail environment is integration into the point of sale system, and what a point of sale system is. That's the cash register system that the business uses. So anything you do in payments, it has to. It, it's in the, if it's in the credit card world, PayPal world, crypto world, anything, it has to work with that business's point of sale system. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, for small businesses, there is no point of sale integrations for crypto payments. The integrations have been done for large big box stores through that Flexa network. That's been integrated. So if you go through the mall and in a you know a popular shopping mall, half the stores you could go in and pay with cryptos through the Flexa network, right? It's been integrated into their point of sale cash register system. So in the, for the smaller merchants. We can we kind of do a workaround for now because all they care about is accounting that they got a crypto payment. We could say, hey, take the payment into a private wallet. They just need to be able to close out the register like normal. And then at the end of the day, if they took in Litecoin, they need to look on a be able to look on a report and see that hey, Litecoin came mm-hmm. in. So that's that's we just need to be able to kind of do something like that but uh you know again it's as this is more used it's in people's it's in more hands the integrations into these point of sale systems will come it can be done right now it's just a matter of the people that are going to pay to integrate all this stuff and plug all this stuff into these systems they want the transaction volume to go through and right now, the sentiment was always hodl, hodl, hodl. You got these Bitcoin maximalist maniac idiots that tell you don't spend a, a cent of your crypto ever or you're a moron kind of thing. So I, I think that once the sentiment changes more and it's more fashionable to be spending your crypto, I think we're getting there with the NFT boom and all that. And um thing is it gets more fashionable to spend crypto then you'll see a big integration go into a a popular system like like the clover like square clover and square are the two most popular cash registers for small businesses and for large businesses it's ncr those are the big players in um in the cash register systems out there those are like the big three i would say so all three of those guys have crypto interest. Fiserv owns Clover. They they just made some moves in the crypto space, so they'll definitely do something really soon. And Flexa integrates into that already. It's just not live for small businesses. Square obviously owns Cash App, Jack Dorsey. So obviously I'd look for them to have a lightning integration at some point soon. And then NCR is in all the big businesses out there, the largest big box stores, and the Flexa network integrates into that. And the, look for the Flexa network to plug into more wallets soon. 
more exchanges. Look for it to connect into a Coinbase in the future, light wallet, things of that nature. And then that's when you'll see the adoption hit when people don't have to figure out in line how to do a blockchain transaction when they just can hit a button and the payment's done. Yeah, is in a crypto box. Who who is that? That's um That's Crypto Bucks is a really cool product. Um Crypto Bucks um is um is uh Eric Eric Brown um and uh Crypto Bucks is a payment processor. It's actually the first product out there that um that it's it's processes credit card payments and crypto payments in the same um, app or same processing software, which is really cool. Um, that will lead to more adoption as well. Um, so that's another that's another cool product out there. That's kind of like a um, that would be like a um, similar to like a um, a BitPay or a competitor to um, to BitPay um, in that in that space where flexa is more right now in like the retail space of walking around like the main street USA. Right. Awesome. All right. Well, appreciate all the information. Crypto bucks though is definitely, um, send them, um, referrals or if anybody wants to accept Litecoin for payment, that's definitely our go-to option. They will actually process the payments free of charge um, and convert them into fiat for the merchant. So if you're trying to buy a car, buy a motorcycle, buy a boat, buy something like that, and you want to pay with cryptos and the people say, oh, it's too volatile. Oh, how do we do it? They're giving you every excuse under the sun. Send them the crypto bucks app. Say, hey, download this app. They'll, this is a legitimate payment processor in the United States. They will convert the payment into fiat for you and deposit it in your precious bank account like like you want. Um, and uh, so definitely uh, hook those guys up, good guys, and uh, good product they built. And they keep evolving it all the time, so they keep doing cool updates. So, uh, yeah, keep looking for stuff that they're doing. Yeah, and they, they let you – so that's Alliant, Alliant Payments that, that does that. Um and and they they actually will let you you know you can either convert into fiat or hold hold the actual uh, token or, or coin right. Yep, yep. You could do. Um, they're they're always doing updates. So when it first rolled out, they would just convert it into fiat for the merchant. Um, and again, a lot of that has to do with tax compliance, compliance, accepting payments. And uh, truth be told, when you're out there talking to bigger businesses about crypto payments they 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 didn't want to keep litecoin or bitcoin they wanted to get the u.s dollar because they have bills to pay Mm. so that's that's actually a big advantage for them and that so but they're they're evolving it i think now that you can actually hold um the cryptos and you don't have to convert um to fiat or, or that's going to be in one of their next releases and i they'll probably have it where uh you could do it on a percentage where if you want to convert a certain percentage um into it and uh, i think they're going to allow merchants actually to or businesses to 
purchase cryptos in the future and hold them, which is cool. So yeah, I think I think more more of the physical. I mean, you know, obviously we're talking about native currencies of the internet, Litecoin, Bitcoin, but you know, also that that physical component is, is a big deal. Like AMC, for instance, you know, they're they're accepting payments, but I see it's like on their online. The day that they allow it. You walk up to the register and hit that QR code. I think it's like monumental for additional step, you know. And, and I'll be, I'll be uh, that, that'll make me happy if they'll accept native Litecoin. I'll be surprised yeah. if they do it. I'll be surprised. I feel like there's always some intermediary that doesn't want that to happen, it, but we'll see. I doubt it would be native on chain Litecoin. I could be wrong, but it'll probably be. Um, through some type of network or, or something. Or something. Um, hey, Johnny, I want, and again, I want to change. Well, BitPay, Bit actually, though, you are, at least with BitPay, you are sending an on-chain payment. Again, they're a, they're a third-party processor, but at least you are sending an on-chain payment. So at least with, like, at least with, with, with BitPay and, like, CryptoBucks, what's cool, they're taking the on-chain payments in. They're not trying to create a new payment network. They're just saying, hey, come in, pay with your Litecoin, pay with your Bitcoin. We're a compliant solution. Um, we're approved, and you don't have to worry about any regulatory All risk right. with I'm us. Gonna, kind of I'm going to change we gears are, real quick. Hold on, guys. Hold on, hold on. We are, we are the decentralized community. We should we should we accept getting paid in Litecoin? That's the whole point. Not the merchants, not anybody. Us, we need to get paid in Litecoin. Like that's the whole idea. Who <laughs> get paid we, in Litecoin? You mean? Yes. Yeah, I, I wish. No, you know, actually, that's you got, we got Satoshi South. Oh, he yes, just, oh, he's South. Get yeah, okay. I, yeah, I yeah. want to change. I, I do want to address something. If this guy will come up and talk, that's why I said something. Sam, because hang on, hang on. He's Samson. For a long time Samson this, is in the audience. Hold up a this second. Is a good idea. Uh, you want to come? Because Samson was the guy this week. He said there were some things we messed up in our first podcast about uh, mining, and I want to. If you're willing to come up, man, I'd want to hear what you're talking about. Because I felt like we didn't really get too in-depth about it. Maybe we were mistaken. So here's your chance if you're listening, Samson. Slash nothing explained. Three, two, one. All right. If you want to, you can come up at any point in time. But, uh, yeah, getting paid in Litecoin would be good. I guess Satoshi South, if you have developments on that. Or did he take off? He left. Baglamas, you oh no, he's right there. What am I talking about? Do you want to come up and talk about Hedge and you guys have some release this week? Hey, what's Sleep up, guys? Wheel. <laughs> what's going on? What what's up? up? Baglamas, so Baglamas, where do you live? Uh, Somebody guessed. Are you in the uh, U.S.? Uh, maybe. <laughs> ah, you see, you're. you're You've brought all these Monero people in here last week, probably. Uh, <laughs> Monero people? No. Okay, go ahead. Monero women people? Maybe. Yeah, all right, all right. So yeah. go ahead. So, so All right, so I was really enjoying hearing Johnny Litecoin going on, so that was enjoyable for me. Uh, 
Can I be honest? I like I Thanks. like Johnny, but you do talk a lot. <laughs> What's up, Paul? No, it's awesome. He's very he's full of knowledge, man. He's out there every day. I know, I know. There's nobody that can give you more real hand experience of what people are actually talking about. But uh yeah, the get paid in Litecoin, Bitcoin, we got a stable coin, Ethereum, uh white labels. So there are going to be other wallets offering these same services, but that's really going to go through our back end engine. So we're really trying to open it up. Whatever wallet you have, now you can get paid. Literally, uh, David Schwartz and I spend most of our days on a Zoom call with networks, uh, itemizing. We have uh, payments from our payroll go through every day these days. And we just are doing the counting. We're making sure all the functionality works. We're opening up to 50 beta testers. I think that's the goal to do that Thursday. Tomorrow, I think tomorrow's Thursday. So we're going to bring them in seven, seven a time for about 10 days, I think, you know, weekends and such allotted. And, you know, it's really cool. We, we feel that n- nothing gets your Bitcoin, Litecoin, to your fastest in your own wallet, hardware wallets, whatever it is, it's, it's your stuff, right? So we exchange it, it's automated and it goes right into your wallet and it, you literally sit there and watch it. We've got wallets on our platform. We will have DeFi and all that jazz eventually it's first quarter kind of stuff, but you may keep it on our platform. If you don't have a wallet or you just want to have a balance or one place to check it, that's fine. Still yours. We're not doing anything with it. <clears throat> but I think the real sweet spot is to automate it off the system. And then you'll receive an email that says, hey, was this you? Are you sure you want to take it off the system? You agree. And you just watch it leave. It's pretty cool. So I just go to my employer. I say, hey. I you don't even. Hey, stage. check this out. You don't even need to. So one of the cool things we found out is I have. I am an employee. I, I'm usually 1099, but currently I'm employed. <clears throat> so I have a payroll software. Hey, hey, hey. you don't have to, you don't have to brag. This isn't a t- uh, Listen, I fought it. I fought it. <clears throat> um, I'm a horrible employee too. Um, but I go right into the payroll. We use Gusto. I put in, so when you sign up for gethedge.io, essentially what's happening is will issue you your own unique bank account and routing number, U.S. banks here in the U.S. You can take that into your payroll app, put in a new direct deposit information, and then say, I want 15% or $108, or you designate what you want through your payroll software. And then it just hits your account. It's really easy. And your employer doesn't even need to know it's crypto. It's just a direct deposit. So I mean, you, you give them the address and then you just point it to. Uh, yeah, here's a new here's a new direct deposit bank ooh, account. Put this be, amount in it. Are your wallets going to be able That's to what I'm wimble, about. wimble at some point in time? Um, well, I mean, our our backbone is essentially the uh, Litecoin Foundation brains. So yeah, whatever latest and greatest they have there, we're, we're usually in conversation about how to integrate it, what makes sense, or at least have partners that do it that we can support. So yeah, anything Litecoin-centric, we are, we're in it. So that's, that's, we, we aim to really, 
you know, blow this up the way it deserves to be. I've been in banking for over 25 years. Like, like coin is the shit. There's no doubt about it. Never like from a functional institutional grade, what you want liquidity, global footprint, it's all there. There. One of the things I think about, and then I'll shut up is the notion of Digibyte. Sorry if there are a lot of Digibyte fans. I'm not, I'm not nipping at heels, but can you imagine Digibyte going in and getting the same type of traction that Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum are with banks right now? That, that's a long way away. That's a long way away. And Litecoin is, is just soaking it up. So that's why your wallet addresses are going up. It has so much more exposure on a global consumer offering than more obscure coins. But check it out as we come online and uh, it's all institutional, big grade, uh, you know, big stuff because you want your money protected. You don't want your network to be Fred's network in Illinois. You know, you want a big nationwide publicly traded network. So that's essentially we're bringing comfort and what I know to do with B2B and B2C type transactions is your money. It's your money. You can leave it in a bank or you can have it deposited directly in your wallet. Yeah, that's cool to think like you could, if it's whatever, like you said, 75 bucks a month, whatever you want to DCA in and have it sent to a your, uh, what do they call it? Your secret wallet? No, it wasn't called secret. Dang it. Somebody help me out. What did he call it? Your stealth wallet. Your stealth wallet. All right. Uh. Okay, Samson, you came up. Let's hear what did I, what did, uh, why Litecoin and I screw up about mining? <laughs> you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, word. No, I didn't, I was, I definitely didn't say screw up. I just said the only real negative, you said, I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts when you finish the podcast. And I just said the only real negative was that you guys started in on mining and then you kind of choked a little bit and you both said, well, we don't mine. We don't really know anything about it. And then just changed the subject. That was all I was commenting about was that there's just kind of the, the low spot in the podcast when you guys let's talk about mining and then you're like maybe we shouldn't talk about mining well i think that's all that's all i meant i'll say there's gaps in in my knowledge about the um the inner working I, what's really difficult to understand and maybe somebody here can educate me is i'm i'm trying to use simple terms to communicate what happens with mining versus nodes and i look at mining and i say mining is handling the present they handle the incoming transactions. They verify the blocks. But then when they're done with the blocks, they move them on to the, you know, it moves onto the blockchain every 10 minutes or every two and a half minutes. And then the nodes are the ones that keep track of the past. But I'm not really 100% sure when you send a transaction, I feel like the nodes are involved. Do you know that? Maybe you don't, maybe you don't know either. You just didn't like the way we left it. But the nodes are they're involved in some way because they're verifying that the, that the past is legit. Yeah. They're yeah. Uh, I, that's, I agree with that essentially that, that I like that take that they're involved in the path to the, the miners are listening for all the broadcast transactions and then they're all stacking those transactions up. And then whatever transactions you have in your stack, if you're the block that finds the, you know, you solve the block and you publish your transaction, and then all the other blo- uh, miners agree you found the block. 
then they post the transactions you had in your block when you found the block. And, and then, then that and gets then broadcast out to the it, node. The, node, the nodes have to verify that every transaction in that block was legit. Yeah, they, they would check all the hashes and make sure that everything adds up from start to finish. I like that. And you, but, and you can send out multiple transactions, I mean, obviously, with, from the same wallet inside the same block time. Yeah, That's you can even. Thing. Per- it's really hard for me to quite grasp how that goes, right? Well, it's just think of it like a message. Like uh, you can send two text messages before the per- the person replies back to you. It's just like that. You're just publishing something that you want the network to act on and record. You can even you can correct a transaction with a higher fee. If you post that, you rebroadcast a transaction, but you post a higher fee. As long as the miner is paying proper attention, it will choose the higher fee and disregard the previous one and change the transaction. Is is that the like parent pays for child type of deal? Uh, was it like audit through fee or something like that? I can't remember the term I heard. Replaced called. by fee, it's called. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. Uh, that sounds like that'd be fun just to try. It's not really feasible <laughs> though. With, with, with Litecoin, it's a lot. Yeah. Better. It's feasible on Bitcoin. It's been done on Bitcoin before because the Bitcoin blocks are, are full. And not only that, like, um, you know, the, the fees go up. So you have to put a higher transaction fee on there. So if the Bitcoin blocks are more full and you put a really low fee on a transaction, it's not going to clear in the next block. And then you could easily send another transaction out with the higher fee that places it litecoin no matter what kind of fee you put on there it's going to clear in the next block and the blocks clear a lot faster so uh, i guess i guess i guess anything is possible you would just have to be so much faster and more stealth in doing this that it's just so much more possible on the bitcoin network is my point that i always throw out there to people yeah Yeah, true that's a good uh, uh, point, you know, and that's probably why, you know, lightning on Litecoin really isn't, you know, in quite demand because on chain, you know, we have plenty of sp- space, you know, to, to transact, whereas the Bitcoin blocks, you know, are, are so full, you know, it, it's it's making sense. Right. Um, one mm-hmm. one thing that I think a lot of like um, is, is kind of a little worrisome and, and, and really <laughs> petrified the fuck out of somebody, excuse my language, but. Like uh, I, I had a friend one time transacting on the Bitcoin network that had a pretty high dollar transaction that was stuck because of the the low fees, and to try to navigate that could be. I, I wasn't in it. I mean, it wasn't my funds, right? But I mean, I can imagine that is terrifying. You know, it's like so he I mean, he like he didn't allocate enough funds and he had to wait like weeks before it got into the mempool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it was it was the transaction was just out there, wasn't getting processed because the fee level. So, you know, I was just doing some research and that's where I came across like the parent pay for child. And then I guess the replace by fee is another method. There's a few other methods, but that could get really technical. And when you're dealing with like high dollars, you know, what I mean, or, or, you know, a large amount of Bitcoin or Litecoin, I mean, that that that's that's like a hurdle. Right. I mean, that's something that, you know, it's a big education point that, you know, if, if, as we look for adoption, that's a big deal that folks need to understand how to navigate that with confidence and, and, you know, without the worry that, Oh, you know, I'm not going to lose my, you know, my, my currency. Um, 
Yeah, it, it is petrifying when you put something out. I mentioned that last week in the uh, spaces with David Burkett. You know, sometimes you send something and you're like, All right, this is taking a little longer than I want it to. If it's a significant amount of money, you st- even if you've been in it for a while, and you should know, hey, we're good. Once, especially once it, once it's on the blockchain, and you're just awaiting confirmations, you're good to go, right? But uh, yeah, something to freak out about. So I got a question for you, uh, Samson. Since you said you were a Bitcoin, a bit of a Bitcoin maximalist, I'm not challenging you. I'm not trying to like make you feel bad. But uh, what did you think about some of the stuff we discussed in that podcast? Well, you, the the only comment I took uh, any sort of, you know, I disagreed with was you just got whatever you got, were being exposed to in the Bitcoin scene wasn't quite my experience. Like the maxis I've been around, like there are definitely people who are pro yield and stuff, but like I follow a bunch of the, what I would call like the big 10 or the even the big 50 or whatever. And I don't feel like any of those people are really pushing any of the yield stuff. I know quite a few people who are, but um yeah, I just like most of those people are really cautious actually with that kind of thing. And especially if there's some sort of downturn in the market, everyone's like, that's when it's going to hurt you. Or if that um, that exchange has got their, like, you know, a bunch of their stuff is backed up in stocks and the stock market crashes and they have to go sell like whatever they've got laying around in crypto. You know, what does that mean for your crypto? Or like, it's not your crypto anyway, not your keys, not your cheese. So um, I just had a kind of a different experience from the maxis kind of thing. And no, you're right, and I, and I think that's what has been probably something that I, I don't know if it's just this a small grouping of them, and I agree with you, or sometimes they talk one way and they they talk one talk and they walk another walk, because I, cause I have concerns about Lightning Network and that, that a lot of my feel will be centralized at some point, and so I would like them to see them encourage using something like Litecoin as opposed to Lightning Network. Yeah, but I can I, see that. You know I thought that's what was going to happen, honestly. I That's why I'm in Litecoin. I got in, I, I started mining in early 2018, I think. Um, and I, I just assumed that Litecoin was going to be the basically the lightning network for Bitcoin. With I just was assuming atomic swaps were right around the corner, and it was just going to happen. Um, but the reason I'm kind of a maxi was because I made the mistake of kind of diversifying into a bunch of ERC-20s, and then I got most of, you know, I would have... Tw- as much money right now or twice as much stack i don't want to say money money's weird because deep you know whatever anyway i uh i lost a whole bunch <laughs> diversifying into altcoins and then that experience kind of turned me into a maxi and i'm not anti litecoin because like they're just copies of each other so you can't really be anti litecoin and pro bitcoin or vice versa because they're just slightly different options for the same thing and i think litecoin will really come up when bitcoin starts to really fill up like when fees get higher and it just the, the amount of money it takes to buy some litecoin seems out you know out of this world that's when litecoin's really going to step up but if i'd sold every litecoin i ever mined the day i mined it i would have a lot more money too because the exchange rate has changed dramatically yeah i, yeah, I hear you so like um that's interesting I and mean, you might be a guy to ask what so the, the mempool is pretty empty on Bitcoin. I'm both. I mean, Litecoin's always been pretty empty. Do you have any idea why you yeah, think that is? Do you think people are just, it's you're either a long-term hodler or you're a trader, and those are the two personalities existing right now? So everything's either on an exchange yeah, or I mean, it's on it's in a cold storage wallet? 
it seemed to me to um, co uh, coexist with the Lightning Network. Like the Lightning Network showed up, and the mempool just started clearing out way more often. I agree. Uh, and then, and then there's also the stability kind of thing, like the. The mempool is really busy when volatility is up, and then when things stable out, like the fact that it's been at 60 for like almost a week, like this is the kind of time when people are like, well, nothing's happening. I guess I'll just let my coins sit still. Right. So the volatility is what might drive it. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me, yeah. Yeah, but, but real quick, if I may, um, like, you know, uh, scaling, <laughs> you know, Bitcoin fills up, folks go to Litecoin. I mean, on chain, if, if we're talking global adoption, I mean, there's, there's, there's no way that that, that, that scales. I mean, we, we have to have, you know, layer two lightning, um, liquid, you know, means of, of transacting. And I mean, obviously if there is a dispute on these layer twos, then the ultimate arbiter is the, the, the layer one, the blockchain, right. The, the main, main net. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't see anywhere, possible for this to be a global uh reserve currency or you know a, a means of exchange on a large scale that you know on chain we're gonna see bitcoin main net litecoin main net take care of that that's that's nowhere gonna and i don't see how that ever would be feasible I, I would yeah I, I agree with that yeah. um on on chain what's gonna i my take uh is on chain is gonna end up being you know, like large institutions and governments settling back and forth. I don't know how the Lightning Network will play into that and stuff, but eventually, like, you as a person, and I, you guys called it the other day in your second podcast, was it the second or the first, but his estimation, his math, I thought was really interesting that, you know, your minimum fee in order to generate the same amount of stuff that's happening on today's, my, on today's mining activity is 150 bucks in order to generate the same amount of value to the mining community as is being generated by the block reward. So, you know, if you can't afford a $150 transaction fee, you got to be looking for some, for an alternative. Yeah, and I, I'm, you know, I've kind of, like, come to this weird full circle place, and you guys might beat me up for it, that physical transaction, we can't act like that's not going to happen. And I still think the U.S. dollar is going to, or some dollar is going to be a part of this, where there's no transaction fee it's all on some centralized network. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of people. A lot of people are not going to just say, "Hey, I want to sell custody coins." That's we're a weird breed of people. Yeah, but there's right a now. cost. There's a cost for that trustless. You know, removing that intermediary, right? For for this. I, no, this I whole... agree. I'm just saying, like, if we're talking reality. I'm just saying that, you know, and that I've I've come around a little bit on things like silver and gold, and and I think even. Um, I, I would love to have Charlie in here, you know, for a number of reasons. But when he brought up in El Salvador, some way to physically exchange these assets would be, man, that's that's the big where there's no load on any network at all. Right. Because that's how most exchange happens is person to person. You're there. You know, you know, you think about it. You're using a credit card to go communicate, send your signal up to a satellite to pay this person when you're standing right in front of them. Cash is the cheapest thing we can do. It's the most private thing you can do. It just sucks as a form of money is the problem. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Staying the same. I say it every week until somebody tells me I'm wrong. I mean, we, we could, we could, <laughs> uh, we could carry around, you know, uh 90% silver and 
hope that someone takes it. That'd be sweet. Yeah, I, I own silver and gold mostly because I'm worried about solar flares. <laughs> yeah, but we got we got the mesh networks though, right? I mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. We're, okay, I got it. It's been 150 years since the last time we had a 100-year solar flare, so we'll see what happens. We don't really know what's going to happen. Tux is in the audience, and last week we ended up talking to him about Australia for too long. I am going to put a hard cap on tonight as midnight because last night, last week we got way too late. So, um, all right, I'm sidetracked. Well, I appreciate the feedback on the podcast. I would like to talk about the MWeb one. Any other thoughts on that? Like I was, I'm so pumped up about it, but I would like to hear what you guys thought. Uh, do you guys think the quality, if you did listen to these podcasts, I know the quality hasn't been great. Does that matter to you that much? Do you like them the way they are? Do you care one way or the other? Anybody talk to me, talk to me, goose. I'll, I'll spit real quick and then I'll, I got to get back to work. Um, uh, I don't remember thinking too much about the audio quality of the only thing that really jumped out me uh, about it was I really enjoyed like kind of, you guys had a really novice take and he seemed a little bit like, Oh crap, what am I doing here? Like I, I've got, I've got to be writing this shit rather than talking about it. It seemed a little bit of that energy to him. Um, but I was really glad that it went the way it did. Cause I, I learned a bunch, you know, I've been, I've been in this space for four or five years and I was like, Holy shit, I didn't know any of this stuff. So I thought it was great. So good job. Did you listen to I'm the out. MWeb one? Yeah, that's what I'm talking oh, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I was like, I loved it. But all right, see you later. Enjoy your day. Peace. All right, guys. What do we got? Anybody got anything else? Aaron, you usually like to talk. Tux, you can tell us about how awful Australia is if you want. Oh, so, so, MWeb, <laughs> MWeb is going yeah. to lower even more the feed. Oh yeah, that was something else I wanted to bring up. That it was a, that I didn't realize until I re-listened was that it's a a semi increase to the block size. It's almost this flexible block size increase. Yes, because they, they they're not going to store useless, uh, outgoing, useless data. Yeah, yeah, the outgoing transactions, right? Yeah, right. Incoming, incoming, outgoing numbers. And, and he said that it's up to three to four megabytes, which on top of SegWit puts you at you know five which, to six. We shouldn't worry about that. It's plenty of space. Litecoin is the fucking best. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, seriously, we should we should we should go to. I just followed Bagua. Every, everyday wanna... life, like real adoption. Yeah, I you know decentralized adoption. Like what's Satoshi South? That's even what, is your name Paul Satoshi South? Didn't you used to have your regular name in your thing? Well, you have to tell me. But yeah, uh, it is, yeah, it's Paul. Yeah, yeah. Paul in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when you start talking about the ability to just take your money, move it in, stuff like the Litecoin card, stuff like MWeb, it gets very real to start using this stuff nonstop. So. And just live unbanked, like Johnny's talking about. Or oh, edit. Hmm. All right. Why Litecoin, man? You've been quiet. Yeah, I know. I've been I've been busy cleaning my house. But uh, do we need more topics? Is that what you're asking? I don't know. 
I feel like you always got something uh, valuable to add. So I kind of missed the part about you guys talking about. Um, I was listening, but the uh, conversation about our first podcast and fees. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, price is tanking a little bit. Is it? I saw that we dipped a bit, but there was something you talked about. Oh, I don't know if you want to get into that. We had a bunch of ideas. Here, I'll give you guys ideas that we were talking about. Do you have anything you guys would want to hear in a podcast? Like that you th- that you would love a topic you want to have covered. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, you know what what may maybe the only major concern I think from you know what we say Bitcoin maxis quote unquote is is the authenticity of of the d- decentralization, and I mean obviously Charlie sold, which I support that right, but I mean is Litecoin truly decentralized like bitcoin is to where you know there's not a centralized entity or you know authority to make decisions because if i'm not mistaken you know charlie took it upon himself to actually implement segwit when he was kind of when they were you know going back and forth with uh bitmain and all of that and you know i think outside of all the other potential conversations that's the only lingering you know, question is, you know, how decentralized is Litecoin? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I I think it's interesting that, um, it, like, some people criticize Litecoin for having Charlie do be, being able to do things like that. But at the same time, like, Lightning Network would have never been enabled on Bitcoin if he hadn't been able to, you know, be that benevolent sort of, Authority. I mean, the the Litecoin network could still reject his ideas, or the community could. But I think there's pros and cons for sure. And I think uh, also decentralization is still sort of a spectrum. And we, you know, what would be interesting to do is compare, you know, like node growth and hash rate, and um, sort of like how decentralized miners are um, over time, like compared to Bitcoin, because Bitcoin started off pretty centralized, and then decentralized over time so it'd be interesting maybe i'll like do a little research and come up with some data and present that um like tracking litecoin's decentralization versus bitcoins and all these various metrics like over time well this this is something uh that came up in our podcast cody if you want to go back and listen to our first one um i think that there's there's a weird thing where you get to you know two decent is there such thing as too decentralized or not sent not decentralized enough right where is that sweet spot and and i think there are trade-offs first of all i don't i don't consider charlie to be the dictator of litecoin i think people listen to him because i mean generally he's been guiding us in the right direction um but i think if he were to come in and say Hey, we should double the supply because it's better for fees or we want to keep block rewards going for no end. There may be, there would probably be a faction of Litecoiners that may not listen, but we do. I mean, we tend to trust him because he's proven himself to be trustworthy. So, cause I mentioned in that podcast about too secure. Like I think sometimes security is this big thing. Bitcoiners will talk about, Oh, it's well, Litecoin's not as secure as Bitcoin. Litecoin's not as secure as Bitcoin. 
But the reality is neither of them have ever failed. So maybe Bitcoin is too secure. Maybe you're paying way too much for excess security, which sounds crazy. Like, how can you be too secure? But if your fees, you know, over time prove to be too secure, too much, you're overpaying for that security when you have a cheaper chain that offers 100% accuracy. That tells me that maybe you haven't quite found the sweet spot for how much security should cost. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's not, a, not it's the same point. money though. Not the same money. We're talking yeah. about one 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 point yeah. three well, trillion. It's a lot. Yeah. It's not all money. Life only well, trade. Well, no, true, but but yeah. what do you? But what do you? So, so when you're buying a cryptocurrency, what you're truly buying is you're buying uh, an asset that you know when someone sends it to you, you're not being defrauded. That's like number one, right? Something you can rely on. You know the, you know the. Of course, you check the network first. First of all, you check the network, wallet, how it works, if it works. Right. So both coins, there's not, there's no difference. There's not either one of them you can point to and go, well, you failed. At we're not competing. A Bitcoin. fraudulent coin was sent across your network. Neither of them have ever validated a fraudulent coin, to my knowledge. So, if you're, because at the end of the day, money is something you want to say. Look, I want to know I have what I have. And that nobody's playing games with me. And so they both perform that exactly the same. Neither of them has failed. So yes, you're securing a higher value asset, but you can't act like a $20 billion chain is not something appealing to be hacked. No. I mean, even the centralized chain is not getting hacked. You know? it's, it's not the point, though. It's not the point. Because we, we're not, we are not competing with Bitcoin mining. That's what I'm saying. Right, and that that was what I brought up. I, or if, I mean, sometimes if I, you see it that way, I like coin personally. So sometimes I tell them things that I thought were on the podcast, and maybe they weren't. But it's more about do you dominate your hashing algorithm? Yes, you do. Absolutely. Right. right. So Absolutely. If there's, if there's <laughs> a thousand, if there's a thousand SHA machines and ninety nine ninety nine are pointing at Bitcoin, you're super secure. And if there's a thousand Litecoin or, you know, uh, L3++, plus pluses, and you're your 999 of them are pointed at Litecoin, you have you're equal security. security in my mind because there aren't even enough machines that even exist to that's, flip the script, right? That's one of the geniuses of, of, of Charlie, you know, is to, to understand that, you know, this needs to be script or whatever, right? But he chose script versus you, trying to battle up against, you know, Shah, and be like Bitcoin trash, you know. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, I mean, script was an amazing, uh, you know, decision on his end. Yeah, yeah. He he has not. <laughs> another thing, uh, why Litecoin? And I talked about is that you sometimes you wonder, does Charlie really see this far into the future? Is he, or is it is some of this stuff? Does he stumble into the merge mining? Is that maybe the most genius movies made, and we just don't know it yet? <laughs> right yeah i hate those coin I, I hate it but uh but the uh the mining reward is exponential <laughs> right I love it. and so so why so what shinji said a couple weeks ago is the reason and maybe one of the big reasons the l what is it, the l7 plus just came out hey there's an incentive to mine these coins now and doge is a big part of that and if doge continues to be a major player they're going to keep making more script mining machines because the demand is going to be there which secures the network even further and 
in the long, long run, Doge will always have a block reward. So you're gonna so even when the light Litecoin reward runs out, there will be a Dogecoin block reward. So hey, I got no problem with Dogecoin. So I've changed my mind on Dogecoin. Yeah, well, but, but where do where do we where do we get to a point to where um, you know when, when you when you talk to economists and, and we're talking about you know hedge against inflation and money print money printing you know the burr you know the, where we have you know fourteen thousand cryptocurrencies uh, you know is that not in its own right a form of inflation cryptographically? Yes. I, yes, I don't is. know. I don't think so. I, I think a competitive market for money you know, sort of, sort of ensures there's no inflation, right? Like there's millions of different types of metals. I, I think that'd be the best, not millions. I mean, there's, there's lots of type, types of metals and most of them aren't monetized. Um, I think you can make the same argument in crypto, you know, eventually it comes down to demand for, for any particular chain and people have to be willing to pay for um, whatever security that chain provides. And I think, you know, network effects are super strong. So like the Bitcoin maximalists will argue that uh, one coin is the one and only coin that matters is Bitcoin. Um, but I would argue that, you know, the, the negative feedback loop of fee pressure kicks in and, and eventually, you know, you'll need multiple chains. But I think there's there's a I don't think creating a ton of new chains is, is inflationary. I think demand eventually finds, you know, the, the ones with most utility to whoever, whoever's trying to use that money. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but yeah, no, man, you, you laid it out really well uh, as, as a way to combat the traditional finance uh, hacks that, that bring that argument, basically hard money will win out regardless. Right. So if we got uh, 14,000 or 20 million, you know, crap coins out there. Um, the hardest money is gonna gonna you know rise to the surface, and that'll be that that'll be the ones with the monetary premium. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and they're they're all gonna have their utility. And I mean, like look at what what today crypto crypto dot com jumped right. That coin has utility inside its own stupid little ecosystem. Outside of that, it's worthless. But in a short time frame, people you know you're gonna prefer to use certain monies in certain ways. And that's where I keep coming back to like, like Litecoin is, is a lighter version of Bitcoin, right? You don't have, you don't have quite the security, but maybe you don't need it in the, in the way you're going to use your, that money. So to think that all, all transactions require the exact same metrics of security, speed, transaction costs, that's just, that's not real. That's not the real world. So yeah, if you haven't listened to that, I think I think we laid out our case pretty well. But I think Doge, I think Doge will be around. I think I think you're going to see some other proof of work coins come around. That was another thing we wanted to discuss. Is uh, we had all sorts of stuff that was coming up. One of them was if you guys were to describe a true cryptocurrency, what would it be? Like what are the what are the qualities of? And when I say true crypto, I think you know what I mean, right? Nakamoto standard, as Kyle would have said. Proof of work, open source, permissionless. And how many coins really fall into that category? There's like four. I mean, to my knowledge, you got Bitcoin, Litecoin, Digibyte, and Monero. 
there might be another one, but that's all I'm aware of. That had a fair launch, no pre-mine, no founders rewards, none of that garbage. Um, I'll I'll jump in as just what? the only say, the only caveat. Beam, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think vert vert coin's the same, although it's a tiny coin. But my only caveat there was that um, proof of work is the tie to the real world. So the only thing I would say you don't need to be proof of work, but you do have to have some sort of real world tie, some ingenious way of making the real world feed back into the coin. But I'm yeah, unaware of yeah. coins. I think that's Satoshi's most amazing thing he came up with. Yeah, crop, uh, props to Adam back. <laughs> oh, you're the second one. Who was saying there? Kyle was saying there earlier, or was that uh, Master was saying that? Yeah, it was Master. Master LTC BTC. So why do you think that? He invented Hashcash. He was the person who was trying to get rid of uh, email spam, and that's Satoshi quotes him as how he came up with proof of work. Well, yeah, Nick Sabo can't, had e-gold, or, you know, not e-gold, bit-gold. So why isn't it not him? <laughs> I don't know the dating. But, like, Adam Beck is in the white paper. Is he? All right. I don't know. I've, I haven't researched it enough, but clearly that's becoming the consensus. Yeah. Adam, Adam and Hal Finney, from what I understand, like two of the major players early on. Is Adam back that much of a genius, you think? Top notch. All right. I don't know enough about him. I better do my research. Yeah, Adam, was, Adam and Hal Finney were, were neck and neck back there. Did you guys see the paper put out this week about, uh, I don't know the proper terminology, but basically the uh, how certain words were spelled in the original white papers and what how Satoshi tended to use uh, more English preferred words instead of American preferred words could have been a layer of secrecy. But if you just look at it as face value, they think he was potentially more European than the Adam back or back or how Finney's, but that's just the, the latest, latest modern theory. Oh, isn't Adam back English? I thought he was. No, I think he's, yeah. he's American. Oh, nah, he, he's, 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 uh, he is English. Is he? Yeah, he right. Sh- shows you how much I know. I thought he was American. <laughs> Just as long as there wasn't an Australian twang on there, Craig, Craig White writes uh, <laughs> no. a fraudulent ass. Dude, how much will people shit? What if he moves a million Satoshi coins? <laughs> that, that would suck bad. <laughs> Just well, a, we- a weird cat charity. Another notch on the crypto belt. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. They're gonna be bought. They're gonna be bought in seconds. So, well, even, just, even if you just moved them, right? Just moved them to so another what? wallet. Never sold them. Just moved them. People would fucking panic. Nah. What, what, what is what is he what is he back nowadays? Like, you know, where you had Bitcoin Cash and you got the ABC. Is he the ABC or what is it? He's the SV guy. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep I don't know it's it's out there sorry I'm yeah I think I'm I think the messages of, sorry guys go ahead the proof of work conversation is 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 massive as uh, Samson was saying as far as uh, tying real world incentives uh to this because this brings this 
you know, when you talk a lot of people that aren't crypto savvy, you know, it's like, oh, this this out of, out of thin air, you know, this magical when, when really, if you really think about it with the proof of work, I mean, it's it's taking a physical commodity in, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, energy, essentially. Right. To uh, which takes a cost. Right. So there's opportunity costs associated with it. So, you know, that really brings the tangible aspect to it. I mean, even though essentially it's all virtual, but, you know, you're actually making you know monetizing that 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 uh energy there the other the other thing i think we got to do a really good job and i mean there's been some good good stuff coming out lately um one was really about bitcoin was this this machine's green but the environmental impact because the mainstream media all they all they do is they just continuously say how bad it is for the environment and they the, missing the entire point that you know we seek as miners the cheapest form of electricity possible and a lot of this is stranded uh, uh, you know, unmonetized energy, right? And and it's renewable, you know, more times than not. So, I mean, actually, you know, crypto is or proof of work coins are are uh, providing a service for renewable energy and and clean up the environment. Um, I read a story in Forbes where there was like these, you know, coal deposits like left out in these fields and stuff, and this this guy basically was cleaning it up using that as a source of energy to mine Bitcoin. Um, and I mean, I think the sky's the limit, you know, as far as that goes. Um, so, you know, the, the conversation with the proof of work and, and how it's bad, you know, for the, for the environment, I think is just uh, un, unfounded. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of an, you know, when we get to the other side of it, if we ever do, I mean, in general, it's, it's a crazy conversation to, act like you don't need energy to run everything in the world but <laughs> i do wonder you know that was something else we brought up in that podcast is that once we get to the end of mining rewards or as they dwindle or as bitcoin stabilizes at some point how many machines get shut off because that's when you find the sweet spot of security that's when you that's when you that's when people are deciding what they're willing to pay for security no nobody's gonna turn on the machine you don't think so? What? But they got to. They can't because that, because that fees. fees. No, number go up technology, transaction fees are going to incentivize it. Yeah, but. This is for a lifetime. At some point, people won't use a chain that costs $150 to send something. It's just not feasible. Or it doesn't well, have the capacity to handle all the transactions. Like yeah, I mean, your institutions, you know. Reserve if if it has a reserve status, which that's the hope, right? You know, if we're settling commodities, oil, etc., in in Bitcoin instead of uh, the petrol dollar, you know, what I mean, it's it's going to get usage. Well, I get that, but you're not settling. You're not like like you're marking against Bitcoin. Doesn't mean you're using Bitcoin. Like just because you use that as the metric by which you measure other things, doesn't mean you're using it. Well, well, they would be settling, though, in, in Bitcoin instead of having to go through all the complexity of the foreign exchange uh, and, and, you know, one having the upper hand over the other, et cetera. Instead of doing that, you would settle in a neutral uh, currency. And then if they want to then take and convert that into whatever crappy fiat they, they have, they can do it. But at least from the transaction standpoint, you know, I mean, it's kind of like how strike works, you know, on uh, Jack Mahler's strike. You know, it's they under the hood do these transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain and which allows, you know, this this movement of funds to they do on the, light, they do on the lightning network they do on the 
blockchain. Well, yeah. Well, so they use the Lightning Network, right? They don't give me a Bitcoin, though. What's that, that? They're not giving you your coin. They have it in a wallet. But you can withdraw it. You can withdraw a Bitcoin off the strike. Uh, I do it all the time. I guess so. I, I, did, I did it like two days ago. I, I, I moved, I've moved funds over to the Moon wallet via Lightning and then also move physical Bitcoin to a hardware wallet. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm sidetracked. What were we talking what? about? <laughs> fees. Yeah, fees. I was, I was going to jump in and just, you know, like we're also overlooking the fact that like Lightning is, you know, a layer two. Someone could invent the, uh, the new thing tomorrow. And it could just be the new killer app, but it's going to get built on top of Bitcoin or Litecoin because they're like the UDP of the Internet. They'll, you know, the data packet or the TCP IP kind of stuff like we all had text email way back in the day. But now we have HTML email. So it's still running on the same basic core, but there's a whole bunch of fancy stuff stacked on top of it. So we don't really know what someone's going to write that runs on top of Bitcoin or Litecoin. We just right. know that it's probably going to work. Like, I don't think we have to assume that, like, some other coin's going to come up. I think that's my view on kind of why I'm a maxi on Bitcoin is because it's an, it's an ecosystem, and there's a whole bunch of stuff just getting started right now that's going to redefine the whole situation. Well, you it's know, what it, down, what it comes down to is, like, this – because the NFT people will talk about this, and what they don't grasp is the governance part, right? That there has to be a uh, decider of last – you know, the last decider. And if you're not within a decentralized chain where there is no, you know, arbiter, there's no neutral body that gets to just come in and claim a winner or a loser. It's all the chain, right? It's the mathematics, it's the history, it's the blockchain. Then you're relying on some sort of outside source. Generally, it's going to be our government or it's going to be the centralized body that's dictating that ecosystem. And that only exists. So, it's, it's Ethereum like we saw. They just said, well, we don't like this, so we're just going to change it. Or what was the one that uh, – there was one recently where they just reversed a transaction essentially. So those are the only – I mean, they are, like I said, some of these are also decentralized, but those are the two main ones, Bitcoin, Litecoin, that don't have a – they're this like uh, – yeah, this neutral body. They have no say in it. They're just a thing. They're like gold. Gold doesn't dictate what happens to gold. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you if you could roll back the chain, it is not decentralized. Yeah, it's like, what's the fucking point? Again, you just like, why are we doing this? <laughs> All the energy yeah. wasted, right? Yeah, I mean Ethereum. I mean it, it's interesting. I mean it's got its 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 you know uniqueness to it, but um, the gas fees are ridiculous. I don't understand how people do it. It blows my mind. And then you know when you think about some of the things that they're doing, do we need it to be decentralized? I mean, some things in life, centralization is not a bad thing, you know, but for sound money that's, you know, immutable, distributed and neutral of central banks and and governments manipulation that we need decentralization completely. But I mean, some of these other, you know, you know, tokens or, 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 or whatever, or, or, you know, products, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how long-lasting that's going to be when you have a centralized entity like Amazon Web Services or something that can do it for a far less cheaper um, 
And I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, do, do we the, need it decentralized? The centralized networks will integrate on top of Litecoin and Bitcoin, just like the decentralized second layers will. And I guess it's a, I guess it's, you know, it's a race to see which one will be adopted more, which one is more needed. Um, it'll probably be a combination of both, obviously. Obviously, the centralized ones like Visa, like PayPal, have an advantage over something like Lightning. But then something like Lightning's versatile, where that'll be integrated as well into the centralized networks. So I'm curious to see how this plays out. But yeah, I think um, we always think of second layers as, you know, decentralized second layers, but a lot of the centralized second layers and alternative layers will be really popular as well because there'll be a lot of marketing money. And, uh, and again, a lot of the centralization of a company they can make moves quick and steer the ship fast and market things faster and better. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to understand how Lightning on Bitcoin or Litecoin would be considered uh, centralized to a degree. I, I mean, I don't know enough about it um, on, under the hood, but I mean, I still feel like it, it seems to be considerably decentralized. And again, if there is a dispute on the second layer, you know, you take it to the absolute arbiter on the on the main network to, to you know, and that's removing third party uh, intervention. I, in, in my mind, Litecoin or not Litecoin, it's getting late. Lightning's like the um, like the most decentralized second layer that can exist. It's like the shining, you know, shining star of second layers of decentralization. So. I guess that's kind of like the benchmark um, would be lightning. It's very organized and well-funded. And so that's, but it can still be decentralized. The issue I have with lightning and, and I'm not, you know, I kind of hit a brick wall a couple of years ago and I just left it at that brick wall is the liquidity piece and the cost of liquidity to go on and off of lightning was, was a real head scratcher for me. So my transaction that I designed would get expensive pretty quickly because I have to keep as a merchant X amount of Bitcoin uh, in that channel, which means it's capital, which means I can't make money on it somewhere else. It's tied up. So there's a cost there. Then you have to provide the same dollar amount to match it to get it off the network. There's a cost there. It, it just tied up too much capital that just sat there and it never I, I never could make sense of it. Hundred percent. Um, Lightning is really just DeFi without a governance token, in a sense. In a sense, but it's a it's a payment network as well. But yeah, no, it definitely uh, makes a lot of sense. And I guess what'll happen is the public will probably adopt centralized solutions that integrate with lightning that make it easy to interact with lightning that way you don't have to fund a channel yourself they maybe funded the channel and they 
want the transactions routing through them, and that's why they created this nice user interface. So Sure, and there'll be a cost I, for that too. Yeah, and I don't mind if that's how it shapes out because, again, it's, hey, if you want to go out, ease of use, node, I'll pay for it. Exactly. Convenience, is, as we know, Paul, in payments, convenience, people will always pay for it, and that's why – people wouldn't unintegrate the POS systems in the old credit card world. My, they want my, that fee, my fee metric, my fee metric in the real world is always an ATM fee. If I need cash or I need this, or I, I'm about to pay a transaction, is it, is it in that 3% or in that that's $3 range that I pay all the time and don't realize it. Then I usually just let them go on through. Yep. Bingo. Yeah, I think I think there's I think there's conversation of like batch batching, you know, on and off ramps to where you aggregate um, a lot of different users to where it that um, cost is going to be severely cheaper um, when you have a, a kind of a batching mechanism, I guess, if you will. Again, I'm, I'm not very technical in that, but I, I understand that that's the conversation to lower the on and off ramp cost. You yeah, see, like to me, at, at some point, I keep coming back to this. Like, are we, we're beating ourselves over the head to, for this last mile, right? What, you know, they would call that in tech, the last mile of the actual transaction in store. When that entire infrastructure is already built, right? With you, you as the fiat system has that tackled. And so should our focus more be like what Satoshi South is doing, getting your paycheck into a, you know, uh, an account that you hold privately and that people can't fuck around with and you hold, you can hold it anonymously. You can onboard offboard anonymously. That's that to me is the, that's the killer app that Satoshi invented paying the register has already been invented and we always do it. We do it every day. And, and I don't want to sacrifice what we have that's unique by putting everything onto the lightning network. That's going to end up as this centralized entity. And just handing over your coins to somebody. I understand there's a lightning network and everyone says, oh, well, you'll just run your own node and wall, blue wallet. People aren't going to do that. We already discussed that. They're going to go to the easiest, most marketed thing they can get, the safest thing they can get, and it's going to be Strike. And guess what? Strike's going to be a centralized entity. It's going to happen. They're going to know everything you do. And why would we give up the thing that we were given in exchange for the thing we already have? I say let's let's wait to see what comes out because um, the developers, companies, the community, they're hard at work right now developing wallets, developing solutions, both custodial and non-custodial. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, what was it, that plasma wallet that Zinzi was talking about? Because I know that's going to be a non-custodial wallet, easy to use. So right. let's... Again, Lightning hasn't really been needed yet. It's really been the, the crypto community gets so far ahead of the real world. So like Lightning, the capacity is growing on the network, all things to be bullish about. But again, it hasn't been that, especially not for Litecoin, it hasn't been needed yet. So I think let's just be patient wait to see what comes out um but yeah i'm i'm in agreement with you you know you don't want to just 
turn your stuff over to some entity or or whatnot. That's definitely not the point of this, but I think what you could look at stuff like that as a tool where a fast coin like Litecoin, you could say, hey, you know what? I don't mind using this tool, even though it's centralized. And yeah, they might know what I do in that case. I right, still get sure, to hold my Litecoin. Sure, yeah. And I still get, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I like envision or, or see or whatever. And I would just tell everybody, hey, be patient, see what comes out. And especially with lightning, give it some time because it's all so new. Well, I, I definitely think, um, you know, the, the point about the non-custodial, that's going to be, um, you know, monumental um, for that to, to really take effect. Because, I mean, what what, what if, you know, we're in, we're in this world, and, I mean, it's going to happen um, to where, you know, physical dollars are, are not going to be transactable. Um, and what if, potentially, I'm not sure if the U.S. government is going to go this route, but obviously China uh, is the CBDCs. I mean, if you have central bank-backed digital currencies to where, you know, governments have access to, you know, what you do with your funds, um, I mean, I'm not going to want to transact like that. I mean, I'm going to choose, you know, a non-custodial lightning payment any day, you know, because I want to, you know, use this. I mean, I, I have I have my store value, my savings, uh, you know, uh, coins, and then and then I have stuff I use for means of exchange, but I don't want to partake in a system that that's that they have access and everything like that. Yeah. Well, my point is that like, of course, like for your, for your private stuff, keep it private. But if you're going to use your, like, again, trying to, trying to expend energy and development to avoid something. Like, I don't feel like you're going to be able to avoid KYC at the end of the day. There's going to be a certain amount of exposure you have to have just because the businesses are going to be incentivized to know who their customers are. They're going to be, their convenience is too important to them to just to dick around with MWeb and lightning nodes and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, is this at some point it becomes like we're fighting a really difficult fight when I feel like, go ahead. There's also times when you want privacy and times when you don't. So in a lot of cases, if you're spending at a store, I don't want privacy. I want it known that I spent there because I want to be able to write it off for tax purposes. I don't want a private transaction. I want to be able to go back and get your money back. With something I want to be able to go back and or get rewards. I brought yeah, clients yeah. out to yep. dinner. I did this. I was doing a video. I got it. Whatever the case was, I want to be able to document it. So, but then at the same point in time, there's you might be transferring a large amount of money to somebody. It's not something that you're going to want for tax purposes. And then you want your privacy. That's where MWeb would come into play. So I think the cool thing is just we have the versatility with Litecoin of everything. And it's not, it's not like, hey, it's not only this way or only that way. It's it could be always for all people, I guess, which is cool. Yeah, but are, are we um, are are we are we not? I mean, sometimes are are we just looking at this at a, at, as an American phenomenon? I mean, let's not forget that you know there's millions of people around the globe that don't have access to the financing uh, financial system 
And for them to transact on chain is, you know, cost, is that cost effective? No, we need layer two solutions for them to, you know, be able to do this. And that's where, you know, El Salvador is a massive, uh, uh, that's, that's, that's the, that's the uh, ground zero, you know, where we're going to see this, you know, Chivo wallet. I mean, yeah, I mean, 3% a day, that's pretty awesome, you know, um, but, you know, once these people start getting educated, they're going to start moving away from that kind of uh, more centralized wallet use, I guess, if you will. But, yeah, I mean, in the U.S., I mean, you know, everything's really convenient right now um, going through maybe not so much for the merchant side on, you know, like Johnny said, I think 2 3% haircut or whatnot um, on, on the fees. But globally, for folks that don't have access to the, to the financial system, they need these layers, and this is where it's going to make the biggest impact. And we're just a benefactor of it. Or at least having that option. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying. Hey, do you guys know how to put a, a tweet up at the top? Some of these people know how to actually share stuff to the group. <laughs> Some of these spaces, they're sharing tweets at the top. Yeah, I think, I think down at the bottom right where it's got the... Yeah, pro. That share uh, part? Yeah. So I copy uh, a link. I don't know. All right, never mind. I was going to show you that one. Anyway, I got something I'll show you guys someday, but I'll repost it again. Someone All right. should test it. What's that? Somebody should try to tweet something. Yeah, does anybody know how to do that? Do it. I was, I was going to bring something else up to everybody. I think... I think because of Bitcoin and Litecoin, it'll bring about two products that are centralized, that are more secure and more in our best interests, give us better options and features. Already look at it. You can hold money. I know people, we can have this argument for another day, but already look at what we've done as the crypto community. We can allow regular people to go in there, buy dollars from their bank account and collect eight or 9%. What a service we've done for everybody. Everybody in that can, especially at least everybody in the U S that can, that can do that. So I just think in general, you'll see better stuff come about because Again, Bitcoin and Litecoin, the fraud-proof nature of it provides better security. So you'll just—I just think you'll just see better features and options coming for us as the public. I think that's a win in and of itself. But again, as I started out this call, I'm a big advocate for the non-custodial wallet, showing everybody what this is about, so they understand both. And I think that's really key. Yeah, I had a really weird. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because we got 15 minutes left, and I'll let some questions come up after. But I had this really weird thought this week. I have a lot of weird thoughts. So I was listening to uh, Jesus Christ Superstar with my daughter, and I love it. It's a great musical. If you never listened to it, I love it. And just thinking about um, in that in that storyline, you know, Jesus is questioning why he's being guess, subjected to this right and at the end of the day jesus lived a very short life and he did some things in his time whatever you believe but the impact this is two thousand years later and we're still talking about jesus christ and we're still talking about the things he said and the things he 
he did in his life. And I, this is going to sound cultish, but I think what Satoshi did, not necessarily what Bitcoin is, it may end up getting corporatized in some way. But I think he opened so many people's eyes to what the, like you talked about it, Johnny, the fraud in this world, like the emperor wears no clothes. He exposed so many people in Gen X, millennials and Gen Z that went, holy shit, this entire system is fucking ridiculous. And whether or not Bitcoin survives, that lasting, that change in mentality is going to prove to be way more impactful. Like you just said, Johnny, people are going to go, I'm going to give value to people. There's now a check to the system that that never, ever existed before. Like this mind-blowing, this decentralized, not it's a not even a thing it's you know you want to call it alien technology it's alien technology just dropped right after 2009 and if adam back did it i think he waited he waited until the shit collapsed and said i'm gonna drop this right after to show you this system fucking sucks (laughs) so i'm giving you some religion that this stuff what we're talking about is is just so exciting it's just infect people with it and it'll spread because it's the truth and the truth spreads. That's what I'm going to leave you with. Give me some more questions or if you want to call it an end on that, we'll do that. Now, just to touch on what, what Johnny said and, and you touched on there, you know, uh, Bitcoin, Litecoin going to hold these shady banksters and, and uh, corrupt governments accountable. You know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make them uh, be a little bit more transparent and offer, you know, solutions that uh, people deserve. Um, but ultimately, you know, this is uh, scarce assets here. And, you know, the work you put out here on the day to day, you want it to, uh, you know, preserve and grow your purchasing power. And, and, and that's the gift that keeps giving. So God bless them <laughs> or, yeah. her, or them. them. I, I'm convinced it's of them. There's no way one person did that. I just don't see it. All right. Okay, Tux. God damn it. I'm going to let you up here. Don't keep me up till two in the morning. <laughs> Was it 2.30? Well, your time. You're in Australia, right, bud? Well, you got to talk, Tux. The Australians are a little slow. Go ahead, bud. You can hear me? Yeah, there you go. My bad, bro. My my internet ain't vaccinated, so this shit takes a minute. <laughs> How you guys doing? This has been a great space so far. I've just been enjoying listening. I just wanted to jump off the back of that last comment about, do you honestly wholeheartedly believe that there's going to be any difference made with banking and government in terms of moving away from the control that they've previously had? Like what, what makes you say that? Well, they, they jumped off the gold standard because they couldn't print money out of thin air to finance their wars and, and other, uh, uh, you know, malarkey. So, you know, when you, if you're, if you're on a hard money principle, uh, that, that you just can't frivolously, uh, you know, expand, the balance sheet, uh, yeah, you're going to be held held more uh, more accountable. 
you know, and people aren't going to stand for, you know, bullshit taxation uh, without a fight or agree to, you know, wars without a cause. Um, that's my perspective. I love that. And I really hope it's the case, but I, I just don't agree. I think that most people don't have this mindset that, that we have. We're definitely in a minority here. And obviously I have a much different perspective here in Australia, but people are more and more happy to pay tax, you know, change it, up it, I'll pay it. Like they, they're not fighting for anything. There's no, there's no care for it, for any change. Um, well, that's, and what, that's what I mean about spreading. You got to spread. You have to talk about it because people need to be whatever you want to call it, orange pilled or white pilled or whatever fuck pill you got to give them. They need to be aware of what's going on. You got something, Samson? Yeah. I was going to say, if you wanted to deep dive a little bit more into like kind of the potential ramifications financially, but not in regard to like orange pilling the world, but things that will happen uh, despite the fact that most people aren't even going to realize they're happening. Uh, catch some of the like the bigger macro speakers on Preston Pish's show on uh, the Investors Podcast Network, like uh, Greg Foss is a good one. But what they would tell you is that it's going to readjust the risk-free rate for um, you know interest-bearing and like uh, crap. I'm spacing the, the name. Um, uh, anyway, the guys that just they put money, they sock money away in the markets. And they don't touch it or trade it, and it just generates income for them. And then they just use that as their, uh, you know, it's basically their paycheck. Um, but they suggest that Bitcoin, Litecoin, the whole this crypto finance is going to readjust the rate at which you can add money into the global financial network and then get a return on it with zero risk. And that a lot of the manipulation that goes on at the global level is the fact that the risk-free rate is not correct currently, especially because uh, inflation is underreported, as I'm sure we all agree. And so, when you say you're getting, you know, 12 to 15 percent risk-free, but that's not disc- that's not counting in the six to seven percent inflation, right. which is recorded as two to three percent. But that's what the idea is: is that these big hedge funds and you know global market players, insurance companies. Um, um, retirement funds and that kinds of things, they're going to realize that they can't get yield in the normal markets and the crypto market is, is just absolutely decimating what they would normally would think is normal. And so as they start to exit the fiat system and go to the, uh, the new definition of risk-free rate, people might not be using crypto, but the, ever, the ecosystem at the bank is going to be rapidly changing and possibly, you know, like panicking and stuff like that. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah, and I think it's, and that's what I meant by it. it's like it's this check. It's it's a check on reality. Hey, here's a. Tr- it's like you have what do they call it? Like your, uh, you know, it's your lighthouse in the darkness. There's finally something to orient yourself by that's never existed. So even if Bitcoin just becomes that that benchmark that we can all measure, hey, we've gotten fucking way out of control. Bitcoin keeps going up and up in value. Once people see that's not Bitcoin going up. It's your dollar going down. Once they understand that correlation, they go, well, this is ridiculous, right? So, yeah, I don't know. And I, I do worry. Could we see a mass exodus from the dollar? Like, as much as we want that, that would be a, could be a nightmare scenario. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to see devastation. Um, I, but, you know, I think that the powers that be have kind of, you know, positioned us to, 
you know, they keep propping the market. They don't let things correct the way it should. You know, ultimately, you're going to have a, uh, a horrendous uh, event, especially if the bond market starts to crater. That's going to be the ultimate uh, uh, bubble burst uh, that we've ever seen. But one thing I just want to also comment on as far as like civilization and, and kind of future hopes is that, you know, like I some people may not agree with him, but I think Saifedina Moose is one of the uh, top top uh, uh, speakers as far as on Bitcoin's behalf. Doesn't really agree with any other coins, but he's he's great on promoting time preference. And I, and I can't agree with it anymore. I mean, you know, it, it's essentially, you know, when you start jumping into this rabbit hole, whether that be maybe physical gold, silver or Bitcoin, a Litecoin, you know, you start to see your time preference lower. Right. You, you actually have an asset that is not being depreciated or debased by central government or central banks and governments. Right. And you're essentially being able to plan for the future. Right. It, it's not about right here and now. You've got an asset that can allow you to to, you know, focus on, you know, savings and not worry about losing purchasing power. And, and you know what that can do for for society as a whole um, can be tremendous because right right now, I mean, it just seems like everything is the, the here and now. Uh, it, it's the, the culture we live in. It's, you know, I mean, it, it seems to be deteriorating. But um, I, I think if people, you know, had hope that, you know, they had sound money that they can look towards in the future, whether that be, you know, for something for them or passing along to their heirs you know, that, that encourages, uh, the, the, the effort that you put out in, in, in your, you know, work or, or how you perceive things. And I think time preference is definitely going to be lowered, uh, with the advent of, uh, Bitcoin and Litecoin. That's, that's kind of the irony why Litecoin and I sometimes feel like with some of the hyper energy that gets behind, like just buy, 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 stack, leverage everything. It's the opposite of that. But once you've been in the game long enough, you start to go, okay, what's the rush, right? Um, and that's why I, I, maybe that's the divide just between newcomers versus, you know, people coming in wanting to make money right away. That's their first mindset is the fiat mindset. Um, and as time goes on, you recognize like this shit's not going anywhere. Like I got time to stack. It's going to keep, whether, and even at the end of the day, let's say it, over time, it does stabilize a bit it's still a tremendously safe place to put your money, you know? Yeah. And there's no debasement at that point, yeah. you know, even with the stabilization, they, they can't just print, you know, more Bitcoin or like point out of thin air, you know, and it's holding, holding, <laughs> holding, holding them accountable, baby. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Hold the bet. Isn't that like some uh, famous line from something? Holding them accountable. Well, like, that was like a, a <laughs> something like, that was like a newscaster or something. We used to say that. It may famous here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Sure enough. All right. So, hey, uh, Samson, since you're a Bitcoiner, do you own any Litecoin? Go buy a couple Litecoin, man. Join the join the fam. <laughs> oh no, I I actually have quite a bit. I've I've got six Litecoin miners. I've been in the Litecoin since early 2018. Well, goddamn. Yeah, that's when I started buying Litecoin miners. And I had them on for a few months, and then I had to turn them off because they were losing me. Do you get cheap electricity somewhere? Yeah, it's heats in my shop. Oh, do you have a, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. I've always wondered if you could find a way, like, a miner slash water heater. Or, uh, 
that's another question about mining. Do you think we'll ever reach a point where there can be smaller machines that essentially just you run a very tiny neutral, you don't make any money, but you're just supporting the net miner. You make Eventually. your money back just in fees. Eventually. Yeah. Well, you got the fu- you got the future bit though. I mean, that's pretty small. And yeah. it's quiet. It's it's, it's quiet. I haven't seen it. Well, what does it do? What's it, what's it does it keep up? Is it profitable? Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. like you, I mean, I'm I'm not setting the world on fire, but I mean, I'm you know, it it, it mines, you know, Litecoin and you know, I'm on Litecoin uh dot org or the the um, Litecoin pool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and and it runs a full node and but you know, I mean, I'm not getting rich off of it, but the energy consumption is is hella low. I mean, I haven't really priced it because I was just more concerned with supporting the network. But I mean, it's quiet. You earn Litecoin, and you know, you run a full node. I mean, it's it's legit. Yeah, that's what I I am looking for. Just like a st- a stable. Yeah, like you you make your money back, right? You get some KYC, you get some non KYC coins in exchange for supporting the network. And it doesn't make a fucking sound sound like a goddamn freight train in your house. You know what I mean? I had, I had like <laughs> I, got six, the- I had like sixteen machines. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Me and my buddies bought them, and I had this I have this uh, fireplace in my basement. And I put like a I was like, well, I'll just put them in the fireplace. <laughs> like the heat will go up the choot, You know? Oh my god! <laughs> it hey, it's good in the winter though. It's unbelievable. <laughs> But I, so I had to do yeah. is I took like a sheet of foam and I cut little holes just for the fan. So okay, my exhaust is taken care of. But I mean, it's like it's hard to explain to somebody how, what it's like. There's so much heat and there's so much suction. Like I was pulling cold air into my house in the winter. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you get they they got some firmware. You know, like there's the bliss, uh, which you can adjust the the. You know, it, it kind of lowers this the, I guess this the noise a bit, but it's still a little bit loud. But I hear you. I mean, I was I, I was living in an apartment at one time, and I had it in my bedroom. <laughs> I, I L three plus in the bedroom. I had a future bit, and I mean, it was it was hardcore. Now now I got a house, and I got it in the basement, so it's 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 doing its thing. But um, but I, I'll, I'll you know just last thing I'll say today is I'm I'm kind of like on Samson level. I mean, I can't speak for him, but I'm definitely bitcoin hardcore uh been been involved with litecoin for for a long time and, and believe in it and, and and respect charlie um and and the community but not 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 all of us you know big bitcoin folks are are you know anti you know litecoin i, I think i think we 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 definitely agree with uh litecoin the rest are i you know you know bullshit in my perspective but you know i like i said earlier 105 million is all we need personally and uh yeah, I love it. All right, man. Hey, appreciate you coming in. Your new voice. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. I'll, every Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't missed one. It's like my fifth one, I think. Yeah, last week was cool because we had. I was, I was trying to get this week. I want to get the guys in from Litecoin Gaming. That that's something that's. I don't know if you guys know anything about that, but I don't know anything about the competitive gaming world. But they're kind of kicking some ass. And I wanted to get some people in for about wallet, like, again, like the bread wallet people or BitPay. I'd love to get somebody in here from there. If anybody has connections, like in this industry, Johnny, you have some connections, right? Like, I want to hear what their experience when bread wallet and BitPay both decided to add Litecoin. Why? And then now that they've added them, they've seen some awesome success with Litecoin. 
They've got I actually, I actually don't know anybody at either of those companies or somebody like that, right? Um, somebody who has a neutral uh, voice. Yeah, we can definitely um, we can hit them up. I mean, we don't have to know. We can just tweet at them or DM them and say, "Hey, do you guys want to join in?" Yada yada yada. And um, come on, Satoshi South. You yeah. know anybody in those groups? You know, bit. Yeah, I know. I know, Sunny. But they're kind of dicks, to be honest with you. <laughs> the uh, well, if at, you want to know about wallet, payments and so wallet. forth, Eric Brown is a great resource for that. And uh, you know that uh, oh, who, who's the uh, Bitcoin Cash cat? He's the guy that is a major investor for Roger Fair. Yeah, yeah, so they legitimately <laughs> held Litecoin down. Litecoin rose up to the cream of the crop just by pure staying power uh i can't tell you how long they fought it and once they finally yielded to it uh it was an easy integration for them and the volume was there you know so yeah, number two that, like that, in a that's month, what you find in most of these places the volumes there you go into poor areas where you're talking about wallets and so forth uh it's a lot easier to buy a litecoin than a bitcoin and we, we work with companies in Nigeria. We, we work with a bank in Nigeria, hammering out networks and trying to be, you know, a, a good wholesale alternative for people there. It's a long road, but uh, there's definitely people know about it. They're excited to talk to you. And, uh, you know, it's it's a legitimate global global coin. Oh, yeah. I don't have any doubt about that. I just want to understand Eric, like what it is. Eric that... Brown would be a great guy to have on. Um, Eric Brown. I don't know if this is past his bedtime though. I I think he's up early uh, fishing a lot, so we might have to have him on from like the nine to ten o'clock slot. Um, but uh, no, Eric's a wealth of knowledge, so we'll definitely uh, me and Satoshi South will hit him up and twist his arm to get him on one of these next weeks. And um, Yeah, I'm trying to decide we'll... if there's a better time than this. I mean, for me, this works. Um, I mean, this is a good time for, I think, I think me as well, but I think a lot, you know, could be late for a lot of people, but uh, we'll get uh, maybe somebody from the Flexa team one of these weeks too. And um, I don't need these shills. Come on, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I tell you something uh, about volume and your your apples to apples comparison. I don't think we've had enough time yet, and I'll tell you why. Some of these more, like Flexa, for example, uh, some of these networks have not gone a full four years with active user involvement to see where the ebbs and flows are to where the volume's coming on to buy the Bitcoin Litecoin and where people actually spend it, how they spend it. We're seeing a lot of larger ticket items, cars and boats and such. But for the most part, they're, they're cycles. And we haven't gone through enough time to see a, a picture. Johnny can tell me I'm wrong. I don't have the type of visibility he has, but that's my understanding. And right now there's a huge push. The, the flow is going on ramp. And people are wanting that Bitcoin, Litecoin to go up in price, so then they can go spend it, right? Agreed. Yeah, you, we need more time to really um, get better ideas of trends. I mean, obviously, no Litecoin's used more than most coins, but yeah, we obviously it's uh, you know, you want more time to get 
better ideas of usage, of course. Yeah. Hey, you, you using like the Litecoin card though? That that registers as as activity though, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no it's it, of course it does, but it, it's selling it right. You're selling Litecoin into fiat when you do that. Yes. Yeah. And somebody asked earlier. You know, I don't know. I don't have any insight to this. It's just an observation. But I would imagine if the Litecoin Foundation has new vigor pushing the card. Uh, you, you talk about how Charlie is a centralized figure. He's the one with the money, right? So the Litecoin Foundation as a governing body are looking for ways to have income and recurring income and money so Charlie doesn't have to be there at every step of the way. So pushing that pushing that debit card out there, uh, I'm sure they've got, they get a percentage of the sales or some something that benefits them so they can be a stronger foundation and organization in the future. Yeah, I, I think uh, like like on community pat themselves on a bad back. I mean, you know, no, no pre mine for, you know, fun, funding and a lot of a lot of us, you know, contributed to Mimble Wimble. And I mean, that that's hardcore, you know, I mean, <laughs> and Charlie, I mean, matching everything. That's that's amazing. I know. Can you believe that they give him shit? <laughs> It's outrageous. It is. Yeah, it is. Especially especially with the selling at the top narrative, which is completely false. Right. It it, it just shows how Mimble Wimble went goes against everybody's narrative because again, they say, Oh, Charlie sold all his coins, he doesn't give a shit. Well, he's matching all the donations that come in for Mimble Wimble. And by the way, there's a lot of different people donating. I've donated a few times. Now, I haven't donated a lot of money, but I've donated a quarter Litecoin here, third of a Litecoin there, one time maybe half a Litecoin or something. So, you know, and I, I've seen tons of pictures of a bunch of random people, and most of them aren't even on here right now that have donated and they've tweeted about it. So... Just goes to show the community came together. There's no financial incentive for anybody for that. It's just the community saying, hey, we want this. We're going to contribute towards it. We're going to market it. And just goes to show Charlie um, what a, you know, what a great guy he is and honorable guy that he's still working on Litecoin, still contributing towards it. And it also goes to show, too, I think the the decentralization. Somebody said before, hey, is Litecoin too centralized? Well, it's nice to have someone like Charlie that steers the ship to some degree, but then in the same point in time, the community is a big voice, too. So if we don't like something that Charlie recommends, we're going to be the first ones to say, hey, we don't like this. We don't want this. We're not going to be for it, yada, yada, yada. So I think it's a great... Um, it's a great like balance of power and it's a great, like, um, you know, it's just a great like community and, you know, just a great energy everybody has. Yeah, but, man, uh, man. with that you guys, it's yeah, yeah. Head out. You're gonna head out. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. So I'll see you guys next week. All right. Peace. Peace. See, I said I was going to end at midnight, but I don't know that I can end. <laughs> These are good conversations. <laughs> well, here's my thought is like, 
does Blockstream have just as much sway as the Litecoin Foundation? Probably not quite as much, right? Yeah, I don't think so. But I think I think the beauty in, in these um, protocols is that you know even, even if there's an upgrade and you don't want to, uh, you know, use that your 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 money is not obsolete still. Right. You know, I mean, you can still use it. I mean, it may be a little buggy or maybe a little slower, but that's the beauty in it. Well, so is that you know where, where, it's still where did Taproot come from? Like, who thought uh, of the idea and how did it come to be? Blockstream. Was it? Blockstream. Yeah, because I don't I don't know who's introducing uh oh, new ideas to either. the to the protocol. I mean there does have to be somebody that says, <clears throat> Hey, here's an idea, we like it, and here's some support a, a enough course. support yeah. from the community behind this, it. This is how it works. This is how it how it works. Actually. Yeah, we're listening. Oh, well, go ahead. How does yeah. it work? Everybody agreed to the update. Yeah, but who thought Mining of it? Mining pools, miners, nodes, everybody. But who thought of it? Who wrote the code? Well, any, anybody, anybody can t- can submit a a, a bit yes. or or a lip, I guess. Yeah, anybody? Who, who wrote the taproot bit? Oh, the name. I don't remember the name. But it it is the guy for for from uh, blockstream research, whatever. It wasn't Samson Mao, was it? Mm, no. He... I don't remember the name though. But they but, they, they got a lot there. of big developers. I mean, Mert Merch is another. I don't think he's with blockstream, but yeah, I mean. So what yeah. change, what changes to the Bitcoin blockchain have been made? that didn't originate with blockstream in the last four years. So that's what I think to me, it sounds like too technical to me. Too technical to me. Well, I don't think lightning, right? I mean, I mean, blockstream did liquid, but, um, and then, and then they didn't, you know, segwit. Right. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. They're working, they're working on Bitcoin. My comparison is, yeah, my comparison is like, are they, Maybe is the Litecoin Foundation sure. essentially the same as Blockstream in that sense? No, Blockstream yeah. is a company. Right, they're a for-profit company. Yeah, that's... So do they... Are they... Public-traded company. Are they this, the I equivalent? Think. Grant, I'm, I understand what you're saying there's a difference, but do they both hold the same level of centralization? Have they centralized blockchain to... Or block, Bitcoin to a degree? None of them. None of them. But and I know what you're saying. Not not the protocol. I'm just saying that to the degree people would say the Litecoin Foundation is a representation of centralized Litecoin, and that all like most of the ideas come from the Litecoin Foundation. It, most of the most of the development not. comes from the Litecoin Foundation. Same thing with Blockstream, right? Most of the ideas and most of the development comes from Blockstream, correct? Uh, I don't think so, but. It's not the case, though, because it's not like that. Bit, uh, Litecoin Foundation, it doesn't represent Litecoin. Yeah, I get that. The way I see it, I know. I know yeah. what you're saying. So, so none of them has has this ability. 
I don't think I don't think there's a overall uh, it, uh, uh, an outsized in, influence from Blockstream. Um, oh, likely Bitcoin. Me. Bitcoin has has uh, has the the privilege of um, you know obviously network effect and having a, a lot of developers that are willing to uh, put in put in the time. Um, you know, I, I think the only worry about decentral or uh, you know centralized decentralized uh, conversation is ultimately like you know can is there a central point of failure you know like can a government or or some type of uh, entity uh threaten you know malicious or you know threaten somebody with jail time or or extreme fines to coerce them to shut down the network is is type of my you know worry about centralization yeah. whereas like bitcoin obviously no right and my whole conversation is you know again mad mad respect for charlie but you know is there that attack vector in Litecoin is kind of the overall say, question. Absolutely not. You could, like, I would say with Ripple, right? They're taking Ripple to court. You can't take Litecoin to court. Right. And that's what Charlie did. That's when he sold his coins. That was, like, one of the things that it just blows my mind when people give give him shit about. Yeah. And they would have given him shit if he didn't sell, sell his it. coins. They'd be mad if he didn't sell them. They'd be mad if he did sell them. True. Hey, I uh, I googled that BIP three forty one, and the authors are listed as Pieter Wuele, Jonas Nick, and Anthony Towns. Yeah, P- Peter Willie, uh, Willie. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's got a podcast with with Merch. He does a lot of the mempool stuff. So they made they, they, right? they created Taproot. Yes. Are they yeah. Blockstream people? Let's look no. up the Blockstream. Oh boy, I, I don't. We're doing some investigative journalism. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with no for 500. You don't think? I don't, I have no idea. I, I got I you. I don't think so. Uh, I I know all I, I hear, all I hear is that people talk about Blockstream all the time. That they're, they've, you know, wrestled control of the chain. That's you know, it's the conspiracy theory. I don't know. Maybe it's true. I don't. I haven't done my research. Are you literally looking yeah. this up, Samson? Uh, there's only four people listed at Blockstream: Adam Back, Eric Svensson, Lawrence Nahum, and Samson Mao. All right. So I'd have to Google their individual names and then to dig a little deeper to see if there's <laughs> connection. Nothing on the surface. See if their sisters are married to some of the guys at Blockstream. I'm joking. <laughs> but but you know but it's not it's not entirely a you know a bad thing if. Because a lot of the a lot of these developers, I mean, you know, no, you like with Mimble Wimble, like I'm I'm not a technician, so I, I chose to, to contribute with with funds, right? Um, but you got the developers out here that are doing this, you know, with no compensation. So I mean, if you could have like a block stream that will incentivize that, you know, I don't see it as a bad thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that you know they hold more influence. It's just that they're attracting you know, more development in it. Um, and it's up to the community overall to, you know, have the consensus to agree or not to these proposals. Um, I mean, they, they had to build I, instruments that proved to be profitable to Blockstream at some point in time. And that's okay. As, yeah, long, as, that's as long as it's all above board, like that's the thing, it's a free market and I don't have any problem with that. And I think there's, that's one of the, if I were to tell you a weakness of Litecoin is because fees are so low, there's very little incentive to be an intermediary. 
there's very little incentive to build lightning or liquid because you don't need it because it works by itself on chain right now. So as that's where I think a lot of these coins that are insanely cheap to send, there's nobody that's all that excited about getting involved because you can't take a little bit of the fees every day. Well, so now you brought up a, a good point. Um, but, you know, I guess number go up technology as well as is suitable for, for Litecoin as it is for Bitcoin, just at probably a quarter basis. But, you know, if fees are so low and the block subsidy is gone, but that the fees got to go up, though, by 2140 or whatever. Right. I mean, because you, you still got to incentivize the, the, the mining. Uh, yeah, well, that's, a, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's what I've we talked about. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, so I I, I never really thought about it on, on Litecoin standpoint. I mean, I, I've considered on Bitcoin, and and you know, transaction fees, you know, are gonna are gonna you know go up, and and of course, the value of the the coins go up as well. But I mean, if Litecoin continues to have such a low transaction fee, does that still incentivize the um, will the will the price appreciation? be enough to incentivize the low transaction fees for the miners to plug in. Oh, that's a good, in the future. That's a good question. Like if they have to, they have to have enough transactions. Yeah. Well, but they there do you also, go. Hey, guess what you it's also do? Also. Every uh, year, 5 billion doge are created. <laughs> that's part of the rule. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Did Charlie maybe see into the future and go, Shit, if our fees are too low, why are people still going to mine? And he thought, let's add another chain. Sometimes I think his brain is bigger than we can comp- we can imagine. He may have seen 10 years into the future. Of course he did. He is the Chelsea light. <laughs> I mean, it's no joke, man. Like, that's that's oh, a not. genius move. Segwit's a genius move. Mimble Wimble. I think, I really do think Mimble Wimble is going to be mind-blowing. <laughs> I mean, here, uh, Okay, Tux, I want you to ask you, because you're a Monero guy. Were you here last week for the whole David Burkett thing? No, I only caught on at the end. Did uh, you listen to you? what we posted on Apple? Are you, do no, you Australians, yet. are you allowed to use Apple if you're unvaxxed? No, no, we're not. <laughs> well, <I'll... laughs> well, go listen to it because no, it to I, me was like I it wasn't. It was not Monero level security, privacy, but it was yeah. really dang close. And it sounded like because he said even with Monero, the more you use it, the more you kind of confuse the algorithm in a way. Like you make it untrackable the more transactions you have. And that was the same thing with Mimblewimble. Mm-hmm. It was like once you move money into the Mimblewimble extension blocks. And you're transacting in that ecosystem, it becomes this massive coin join where it becomes silly to even try to track the coins. Okay, so there is more for me to learn there about that, and I, and I will spend some time on that. However, do you, do you not think there's a concern for um, it, choosing privacy as a function and that going back to you know, let's, let's be realistic. These things are used for illegal purposes, whether we like it or not. Do you not think that it's a a concern that there's not only proof of privacy, but like a a choice of that function being selected and then used as well, which shows intent? Like, do do you have any concern there? Um, I don't know. 
you know, the, 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 it, we did talk it's not a little bit by about default. It starts to become, you know, you know, we're in America. We have innocent till proven guilty, right? So, um, mm, you know, beyond like? a reasonable doubt, yeah. and a lot of it, what he said a few times is, um, oh, what is the phrase he used? Dang it, reasonable, not reasonable doubt, plausible deniability, right? That if you and mm-hmm. five thousand other people are all using Mimblewimble. And those coins all go in and get mixed together, and there's no real way to delineate what's what came from where and what happened while inside of that in those blocks. Then you can't really press charges on somebody. I do think there could be a level of pointing people in the right direction, right? So, like the police could go, "Well, it's probably one of these fifty people." And he said the same thing with Monero, yeah. though. You could get to like, well, they said like thirteen. There's a, he said there's like thirteen coins you get to put it. You could probably get to where, well, it's probably one of these thirteen people, and maybe that narrows their focus of what they're going to do. And then from there, he talked about torturing and killing people. He was very dramatic. You would have probably liked him. <laughs> I'll listen to it. I oh yeah, would check like, it out. You, you I, already I think, know me quite well. As far as a coin that on every exchange in the world and every ATM and extremely liquid 24 hours a day, man, it's a huge change. And it was, but to me, yeah, I got, uh, I was pretty excited, especially coupled with DeFi at some point. And, uh, will it work? Well, we don't know. Well, we, 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 we have to, we have to have these privacy mechanisms because, you know, when, when they, when they take, and I mean, I say when they take, I mean, I, I think, I believe it's going to happen. I mean, you, when, when, when you don't have the accessibility to transact in physical dollars, which is the uh, most private and easily, you know, liquid, uh, you know, means of exchange there is, um, and which they use for illicit activities. I mean, it's part of the most fraud, you know, fraudulently used assets. So yeah, I mean, crypto, there's, there's corrupt stuff going on, but I mean, as is in the traditional financing system, but when they take away the physical dollars, you know, what what other source of, of privacy do we have at that point? And these privacy features as MWeb and, and Taproot and Monero's, um, you know, ring signatures or whatnot. Uh, you know, that's that's our that's our freaking right. You know, it's our right. And we don't have to we don't have to justify it with anybody. I agree. The more with people you. that yeah. engage with it. That that's the key is get people to use it. Yeah, my only concern is why focus on a functionality to something that exists when you have something that that works perfectly well and it's private by default. It's kind of it kind of reminds me of your point earlier about when we already have something that that perfectly works for the purpose that we want it to. Why focus on adding it elsewhere or changing it elsewhere? Talking about cash, physical cash. Yeah. Well, I mean, because they, because no, no, not physical. I'm talking about Monero. Oh, yeah. I'm always talking about Monero. <laughs> well, 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 see, that, that's the other genius in, in, in Charlie, though, and well, and the Litecoin team and, and folks is that, you know, and I mean, I guess this could be debated, but liquidity is, is a thing, right? So, I mean, if hmm. he made it as private as a Monero or Zcash, which I, I Monero, but, um, uh, right, let's just say yeah. Monero, <laughs> but if he made it as private as Monero, I mean, would there be a risk of, of losing liquidity? So, I mean, it's finding that sweet spot of privacy and liquidity which are 
extremely relevant, you know, for what he's trying to accomplish or what we want to accomplish. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair enough then. Uh, I'm going to learn a lot more about Mimble Wimble. That's, that's pretty interesting. And I think that any, anything that, that is done by anyone, you know, and as long as it's in the name of privacy, that's a positive thing because, like you were saying with spreading the word, we need to spread the word about, about that more and more. Like that, that's something that's extremely undervalued right now. And there's a lot of false sense of privacy and security at the moment as well. So we all need to keep pushing that forwards, no matter what, what team you're on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, um, my dad is a, works in rare coins and gold and silver, and I may end up doing something with him soon. But, you know, I, I think if, if you could buy gold privately and, like, his company could put out a stealth address of Litecoin and you could just P.O. box it to me, here's an X amount of Litecoin. You don't know me. I don't know you. That's gold still extremely private. Like crazy private, right? It's just as good as cash, if not better. And uh, I think that's a very real part of the future as well. Gold and silver. I think it's silly for us to act like those aren't going to be a part of the future. And most people, no, yeah, most people I, feel I better agree. holding gold than they do holding a, a <clears throat> ledger. That's just facts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gold and silver have their place for sure. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely more, you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, but I, I, you know, physical gold and silver. I mean, you got, you got it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's sound money as well. Um, but do, do, they, do you have to like give up information where you're at? Because like, I, I go to my local coin shop, I buy that, and they don't know nothing about me. Uh, Unless there, there's yes. limitations. Again, don't listen to the Australian. They probably have to. They got to tell you when they. They got to call <laughs> the police when they leave their house. Right. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's some limitations. Uh, you know, I talked to him about it, and he said, you know, he's like, you're not really, you shouldn't be steering people in any direction. Like that's the on. It's on them to know what their rights are to privacy. Yeah, uh, but I think those are conversations you should be having if you you know i told him i said you're a gold dealer like you should be talking to these crypto people this is your audience they love this shit i think <laughs> everyone should be steered towards privacy considering 24 7 we're constantly fed shit that steers us in the opposite direction absolutely whether you know directly or not is another conversation but we absolutely should steer people towards privacy yeah, yeah I, I always 100 i always hated the uh the drop of gold for bitcoin um uh, prerogative and and I wasn't a big fan of the drop silver for Litecoin deal either because I'm like yo we can we can work together on this I mean obviously I'm more crypto oriented but I see value in, in precious metals I mean we're, we're gonna eat into the market regardless but it still serves a role it's just not very saleable let's just be point blank about that um, and that's why we have silver and gold 2.0 with you know Bitcoin and Litecoin well it's not saleable unless you unless you get to a point where you can't privately transact your bitcoin or litecoin then that's well, well, very valuable that's or Monero, i'm talking about cross space <laughs> you know saleable cross space like you know lugging it around i mean it's right. but yeah i mean yeah. all right I, you guys I, I think i'm gonna end it unless the only way i want to give some more time to because I've, it's like uh it's, it makes me laugh at tux's pain but I would like to hear an Australian update, unless somebody else has a place that they live that's probably worse than Australia right now. So maybe I want to step up and tell me who's had the worst, who's in like Latvia 
or is it Austria the new one that they're shutting? Can you get a paycheck right now, Tux? Um, <laughs> there are ways to acquire a paycheck. Of course, there always are, but traditionally, no, no. So you, so nope. so they put some kind of rule in place that you are not allowed to. Your company can't employ you if you're unvaccinated. Uh, yeah, if they don't have the technology or if they simply don't like work from home, then, yeah, that's the case that you'll be let go from the company. You're not allowed to enter the building in any capacity. Is that your company's decision? And they don't want to be associated with you. Both. They kind of go hand in hand. They say that it's up to the companies. However, the governments will take away funding, granting, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I don't want to dox myself in any form, but, the, you know... Uh, it it would be financially uh, terrible for for them to not comply. So they they're kind of pushed into yeah, a corner. Like licensing regulations. Yeah. 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 Why? So it's been an interesting eight months or so for me. And you're just like you're just gonna die on this hill. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not. I'm not bound down to this fucking bullshit, man. Like, I just, I'd rather die. Do you get the sense that it's like, um, because I get the sense over here in America, I told you this last week, the tide has turned a Mm. bit. I think the never-ending booster idea has started to get people to go, okay, when is this? Are we, how long are we going to do this? And they just tried to do the mandate and it got rejected by a local court or one of our district courts or something like that. So it seems like it's kind of falling apart, but then I see stuff like happening in Europe and over there where I go, shit, maybe it's just a matter of time before it gets over here. Yeah. I've, I think I mentioned as well to you last week that I feel like they, tr- they, I hate to sound super con- conspiratorial all the time, but, but like, I feel like they try these things on smaller populations they see how it goes, and then they work out a plan to implement it elsewhere. And I, I strongly believe that it's possible that that's what's going on. Like, whether you see it roll out more there, um, people have a short, um, they have a short memory span. So they, they implement one thing, uh, a little bit of time goes by, and then they reveal more and more and more until they get to the ultimate goal. And that's what I think has been rolling out right now. It's just like a, a roadmap essentially. All right. Well, you got the saddest story today. And it weakens the resistance. It weakens the resistance every time because you get more and more people on board to do on board to do a small thing, right? And then they become a little bit more committed to that. And then, you know, another step, another step, and boom, you have like full compliance with no resistance. Right. Dang. It depresses me every time I talk to you for a number of reasons. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm here for, baby. <laughs> I would I would help you out if you did, if you accepted Litecoin, but you're so staunch against it. I, I like I like Litecoin. I'm oh sure, now Litecoin. you do. Now it's not as good as it pay you off. <laughs> no, I, I do like it. I have some. All right. Oh, we got get more. Cody stepped back, and now he wants to talk one more time. What's up, Cody? Did- Sorry, I got disconnected. I was just about to say the same thing. We should send him some Litecoin. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel for you, brother. <laughs> it is what it is. Well, keep man. tuning I mean, in. I believe. Yeah, I will. I'll keep tuning in. I enjoy these spaces a lot. And this is a good time for me, by the way. So 
I think that you should stick to the time that suits one of your listeners in Australia. Well, I think we get East Coast. I think we get most of the U.S. and and we get Asia and Australia. Because I usually get like India, so I'm missing Europe and Africa. So I guess you know what. That's fine. Yeah, you're not missing missing much, right? True. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm gonna end it. I don't need another long, long night. So. Um, hopefully we'll be doing some more podcasts. I may do one on privacy. Um, if you guys have any connections with like prominent, I want to do interviews. I find that to be entered. I want experts on this stuff, but, um, you know, we got a bunch of ideas and hopefully we'll do another one this week and crank it out. If you have ideas, don't hesitate to message me. Uh, we're always looking for content. So. All right, take it easy, keep stacking, and we're going to ride out this little dip, and we're all going to be happier on the other side. All right, take it easy, guys. Peace.